Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk podcast taking place on a Friday, believe it or not. It's on a Friday. Uh, this episode, believe it or not, is actually airing right around, I would say, 12 in the afternoon. Uh, if you're getting, if you're seeing, if you're seeing this episode right now, instead of the usual six o'clock in the morning, because I, I was going to have it set for six o'clock in the morning for everyone to have a chance to listen to it. Um, I decided to put it on 12 o'clock for the obvious reasons. Uh, we know that, and we got to talk about this. We, uh, Crown Jewel is going to be coming up tomorrow, which is the reason why I'm setting this up for today, because uh, it's going to happen around uh, here in Corpus Christi. We're going to see it around. Uh, I believe it's going to be 11 o'clock, 11 or 10 o'clock, I think, is when the whole thing starts. Because around that time, I think it's going to be the countdown show. I think that's what's going to happen. And then around 11 o'clock is when the actual event will happen because it'll take place over in Saudi Arabia. So we know how we know how all that's going to go down and everything. So we've got a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to talk about Crown Jewel. We're going to talk about several of the events. we got some new matches that are, have been added to crown jewel new matches added to um aew's um full gear event that's gonna be happening also uh overdrive is coming nwa's hard times three is coming and we're gonna be looking forward to checking out that event next week that's also some uh, an event we're gonna be looking forward to and also uh we got a special presentation uh i had got done uh, recording this, it's finished and it's going to be posted on November 9th. The reason for that, and I'll talk about it in just a moment. I'll t- get into detail about it just a little bit more. November 9th will be the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screw Job. Yes, if you remember, if you remember that Survivor Series back in 1997, you remember what took place. You remember what happened, Bret Hart. You remember what happened with Shawn Michaels and the outcome of that match that happened, which has the wrestling world talking. It still has the wrestling world talking to this day, even though it was 25 years ago. But you'll hear my take on it, as well as takes from other people, including individuals like Jim Cornette, who was involved, Bret the Man Hart was involved, Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid, was involved, Jim Ross was involved and others in that particular nature it is a is going to be one hell of a episode to check out that's going to happen next week not on the main event talk podcast because it's a separate episode okay it's going to happen around november night that's when it takes place it's going to be on no, on a wednesday so be ready for that also we got some big events that are going to happen at rich's billiards we're going to be talking about that uh zombie king is coming over to corpus christi it's coming over to rich's billiards on november 18th which will feature my good friend, Headbanger Incorporated's head of security, the A-Train himself, Anand Banya, who's going to be playing in that band. Uh, he's, playing in, he's played in several bands. He's our head of security, and he's going to be playing for Zombie King on the 18th. I'll be talking about that later on. And um, also, I it's it's not been confirmed. It's not been confirmed, but... Is the main event going to be at that show? That's the that's the big that's the big question. You'll find out the answer to it later on on this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Let's get to some music, and we got some huge wrestling news. Oh, and by the way, uh, we've got some wrestling news today. Uh, some in regards to what has taken place, and not only that, the appearance of several big surprises. 
possibly the worst AEW Dynamite I've ever seen with the appearance of three superstars. One, one I don't know. One I was very surprised to see. And another, let's see, there were, what, were, what was the other surprise that happened? Um, there were three surprises that happened. I forgot what they were. But anyways, we'll talk about that right here on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. We got some big wrestling news. We got some music right here coming up. And, all, and also, we got some big, big music happening in the next couple of weeks here in Corpus Christi, including, uh, I think, uh, Wasp had just got done with their show, along with Michael Shanker, which took place just uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact. We got another big one coming up featuring Queensryche and Judas Priest coming over We'll be talking about that event that's going to happen on Thanksgiving weekend. It's going to be one hell of a show, guys. Be ready. Let's get to some music, and then we'll get right into the wrestling news and the whole nine yards. Let's do this, shall we?
If you guys have any questions in regard to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Listen for your question right here on the main event talk podcast, and it could be any question that you want whether it's anything about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling to anything new in music or anything about possibly politics, even though I really don't get into politics that much anyway, or anything about current events or anything about the Transformers or any kind of new metal music that you like to talk about or anything in particular, even if it's a bit personal. The main event would love to go ahead and put that email out for everyone to listen to. So once again, my email address is the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com and listen for that question right here on the main event talk podcast well football season is here and that means that everybody is going to be going to their house to go ahead and check out some of their favorite football teams from the dallas cowboys to the houston texans to the san francisco 49ers to the green bay packers and much much more but why just be at your house and check out the football games? We can go ahead and head over to Rich's Billiards and check out the games themselves. As you guys know, most of the football games that take place on Mondays and Thursdays and Sundays. And if you guys want to go to either one of those dates, you can. All you got to do is head over to Rich's Billiards, go check out the game, order yourself some beer, order yourself some food, maybe shoot some pool with some friends and family in every way possible. Now, besides all that, you know that Rich's Billiards, not only do they have some great beers, some great food, some great company, but they also have some great, great events happening in the next few months. You know that in October, there's going to be a big event happening at Rich's Billiards that includes our good friends at Emo Night, and they are fixing to present their biggest Emo Night to date, which will take place live Saturday, October 15th. Be there as early as you can. It will take place live featuring several bands involving, and if you guys want to get there as early as you can, do so Saturday, October 15th. It should be one epic event. And with all that being said, besides all of those things that are going to happen, you can come in and check out some boxing, check out some football, check out some basketball, some baseball. We're getting closer and closer to the World Series. So if you guys want to check out the World Series, you can head over to Rich's Billiards and check out everything that happens at my favorite place of all time. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes, the legend continues. This episode is sponsored by the Main Event Talk Podcast. I am the Main Event Player, the Super Sea Kid himself, and I approve this message. Okay, before we go ahead and begin this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, I think it's only appropriate that we go ahead and start off with the <clears throat> with the wrestling news. Now, we're going to go ahead and do about two parts of the wrestling news. The first one we're going to talk about, the one in November 3rd of 2022, which was just yesterday. And then we will give you the current news happening later on today. And to help us out with that, let's go with Mike Sempervini of the Wrestling News from the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network to give us the news from yesterday, Thursday, November 3rd. Without further ado, here's Mike Sempervini. 
Arcadian Vanguard presents the Wrestling News in your daily wrestling newscast for Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Good morning, I'm Mike Sempervivi. We begin today with new information on the investigation of former WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon, WWE Special Committee investigation into allegations of wrongdoing against McMahon and former Head of Talent Relations John Laurinaitis has concluded, according to a statement made by WWE President and Chief Financial Officer Frank Riddick during yesterday's third quarter earnings call. As we previously disclosed, a special committee consisting of the independent members of the board of directors was formed to conduct an investigation into alleged misconduct by Vince McMahon, who has resigned, and another executive who has left the company. The special committee investigation is now complete, and the special committee has been disbanded. Management is working with the board to implement the recommendations of the special committee related to the investigation. Riddick indicated that further costs related to the investigations are expected to be incurred by the company. McMahon has agreed to pay certain related costs not covered by insurance. In an SEC filing made yesterday in conjunction with the quarter three earnings report, McMahon and the investigation were further addressed and it was made clear that WWE, quote, has received and may receive in the future regulatory investigative and enforcement inquiries, subpoenas, or demands arising from related to or in connection with these matters, unquote. It was also pointed out that although McMahon has resigned from his positions within the company, he remains a stockholder with controlling interest who, quote, can effectively exercise control over our affairs, unquote. The filing included warnings that the recent investigation could have an adverse effect on WWE's financial performance and that McMahon's resignation could negatively impact the creation of successful characters and storylines as well as other operating results. The announcements were made in conjunction with WWE's release of their 2022 third quarter financial report. The company's revenue for quarter three was up 19% to $304.6 million, with operating income of $58.9 million, down 8% according to the report. Now with a look at AEW Dynamite last night on TBS, here's the Wrestling News' Lou Kippelman. Dynamite broadcast live last night on TBS from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena in Baltimore. Featured surprise appearances by Jeff Jarrett, who attacked Darby Allen after Allen's opening match lost to Jade Lethal, and by Colt Cabana, who challenged Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor World title. Jarrett, who earlier this year wrestled in the main event of the Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view, and was also briefly WWE's Senior Vice President of Live Events, made his AEW debut by hitting Allen over the head with his trademark guitar. After the show, Tony Khan announced on Twitter that Jared had been brought on as AEW's new Director of Business Development. Later on in the program, Chris Jericho successfully defended the Ring of Honor world title against Colt Cabana, who hadn't appeared on Dynamite in nearly a year. Cabana's appearance was unannounced, with Jericho merely having issued an open challenge to any former ROH title holder. Cabana had only made three Dynamite appearances since the August 2021 debut of CM Punk, 
before being quietly removed from the show. With Khan publicly denying rumors that Cabana's removal had been done to appease Punk, who was sued by Cabana in 2019 for refusing to pay Cabana's legal fees, arising from a defamation lawsuit filed against both of them by WWE Dr. Christopher Amon in 2014. Cabana was heavily criticized by Punk during the all-out media scrum in September, which eventually led to a backstage altercation later that night with AEW Executive Vice Presidents Kenny Omega and Nick and Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks, who had previously defended Cabana on their YouTube show Being the Elite. Since the altercation and its ensuing investigation and following a lengthy suspension for all parties, Punk is reported to be leaving AEW with a contract buyout, while Omega and the Bucks are scheduled to return to AEW TV. In other Dynamite results from last night, AEW World Champion John Moxley defeated Lee Moriarty via submission in a world title eliminator match, and Samoa Joe successfully defended the Ring of Honor World TV title against Brian Cage in the main event. Joe was attacked by Cage's partners in the Embassy faction after the match, causing Wardlow to hit the ring to make the save, only to be put down with a spinebuster from Powerhouse Hobbs, who held Wardlow's TNT title belt aloft to end the broadcast. Also on the show, TBS champion Jade Cargill extended her undefeated record to 41-0 with a win over Marina Shafir, and Orange Cassidy retained the All-Atlantic title in a three-way match with Luchasaurus and Ray Phoenix. Following the match, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Katsuyori Shibata made a surprise appearance and signed a contract to face Cassidy for the title tomorrow night on Rampage. Dynamite also featured a pre-taped vignette teasing the return of Malachi Black, who has not been seen in AEW in two months. During an Instagram Live post this past September, Black said that he requested his release from the company, but later walked that statement back. For the Wrestling News, I'm Lou Kippelman. In ratings news, NXT's post-Halloween episode Tuesday night live on the USA Network experienced the slight drop in viewership from last week, bringing in an average of 670,000 viewers, according to Showbuzz Daily down 46,000 from last week. The show attracted 170,000 viewers in the key 18 to 49-year-old demographic, according to Russell Nomics, good for a .13 rating and down 26,000 viewers from last week. In Canada, according to Post Wrestling, NXT didn't air live over the air on Rogers Sportsnet 360. Instead, it was relegated to the streaming service Sportsnet Now. When the program did air on delay at midnight, it averaged approximately 20,000 viewers, with 4,000 of them in the 25 to 54 year old demographic. In injury news, AAA mega champion El Hijo del Vikingo revealed via Instagram that he'll be out of action for three weeks after sustaining a dislocated elbow during his match on AAA's Halloween show at the Tulscala Fair Arena in Tulscala, Mexico. The highly regarded Vikingo announced recently that he's received a working visa to compete in the United States. AAA also announced on Wednesday that Laredo Kid has been discharged from the hospital after undergoing successful surgery for a ruptured intestine on October 24th. The statement noted that the 35-year-old luchador's condition has improved and he's going through rehabilitation. 
Laredo Kid wrestled two matches during AAA's Show Center tournament on October 23rd in San Pedro Garza Garcia, Nuevo Leon, Mexico. He first won a three-way match, which led to a one-on-one non-title match against Aljio Del Vikingo, where he also came out victorious. In streaming news, WWE has announced a new media partnership with African broadcasting company MultiChoice, in which MultiChoice's streaming platform Showmax will become the exclusive home of WWE Network in Sub-Saharan Africa. Showmax, Africa's leading streaming service, will offer all WWE Premium Live events, as well as WWE Network's entire library of classic and original content. In September, WWE and its Australian partner Foxtel reached a deal to restructure its current broadcast agreement, which puts their business model more on par with how the company currently operates in the United States with Peacock. Also mentioned in the announcement was South African-based broadcast network Supersport, which has signed a multi-year extension to continue carrying live episodes of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT on a weekly basis. Said WWE Senior Vice President of International Matt Drew in the announcement, quote, Showmax Pro is the market leader and a perfect home for WWE content. By delivering our premium live events, including WrestleMania, we believe this partnership will expand our audience and deliver even more to WWE fans throughout the region, unquote. And before we leave you today, we'd like to remind you that however you consume your content, you can find the wrestling news 24 hours a day and seven days a week across social media. On Twitter, follow us at Wrestling News AV. Our Facebook page is also Wrestling News AV. The Wrestling News can also be found on the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube page. And for those who utilize Amazon Echo devices, just tell Alexa to play the Wrestling News podcast. And remember to make sure you add podcast at the end. Once again, for daily updates, breaking news, and more, follow the wrestling news across social media. And that's the news for today. If anything happens, we will be here to tell you about it. No clickbait, no paywall, just the wrestling news. The Wrestling News is a division of Arcadian Vanguard, and the Wrestling Newscast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Thank you very much, Mike Sempervini, for the wrestling news on the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. And if you guys, as always, if you want to subscribe to the wrestling news from the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network, all you got to do is subscribe over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. I wish I could remember the line that they always use at the very, very end of the every wrestling news that they talk about. Now... I wanted to discuss a little bit about what they had just talked about. Um, the appearance, and I want to go ahead and get this out of the way right now because I know this is something that people have been wanting to know about me for a while. Uh, obviously, I saw Dynamite this past Wednesday night. Uh, I saw it. Uh, can't believe what I saw. Uh, let's see here. The appearance of Jeff Jarrett. Big surprise. The appearance of Cole Cabana. In a crazy way, it was a surprise, but it was like a big fuck you to CM Punk. I'll I'll explain what that is in a moment. Uh, Then another one that took place, what else happened? Um, The appearance of of the Japanese wrestler that just showed up over there. 
at the pay-per-view uh, at the at Dynamite. Don't know who he is. Do not care. Uh, it's it's meaningless stuff. But I wanted to talk about Colt Cabana's appearance. I wanted to talk about that because obviously it was a a um, it was a uh, what was it? Ba- basically a fuck you to Punk. It was basically a slap in the face to CM Punk. Now you guys know that. And they just mentioned it already about how the investigation is over. Personally, I don't think it is over. Not by a long shot. I I think it's ridiculous of how all this goes down and everything. This is my personal view of things as far as I see Cole Cabana coming in goes. Number one, obviously it was going to be a one-time thing. You almost knew it was a one-time thing because... Number one, I think it was... um, To to anyone that believes that Punk had anything to do with... um, with what happened to Cole Cabana? Oh, please! I think I think Cole Cabana probably saw the writing on the wall, and he was probably on his way out the door, and he was going to be out the door until the Young Bucks decided, no, 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 we're just going to keep you around for a while. And instead, they they want to make this accusation that um, that Punk had a lot to do with it. Now, true, Punk does not want to have anything to do with what Cole Cabana. Uh, he does not want anything to do with Cole Cabana, but when the so-called EVPs do not take the responsibility of of trying to make sure to rectify the situation, they just decide to do what they've always done, made it even worse. So, this is my opinion. So, Cole Cabana shows up on AEW Dynamite, right? He shows up on AEW Dynamite. And um, you know, basically having a match with Chris Jericho. And the funny part, the funny part about about that, there was about one, there was about a few people that kind of predicted that was going to happen. I I was not one of those people because I didn't think that they would be stupid enough to go ahead and bring in Cole Cabana after everything has gone down. You know, they wouldn't be that stupid. But as it turns out, I was wrong. <laughs> they are stupid enough to go ahead and do that to basically stick it in the face of CM Punk. Because let's face it, look. There are certain social medias and certain news outlets that always avoid certain parts of the story. They never really focus on what really mattered. They they focus more on trying to scrutinize and mess up things to make people believe that Punk's the bad guy. Now, the main, main event talk podcast, I like to keep it real with my audience. I don't want to go ahead and bullshit them. If I tell them exactly what I think about this particular wrestler, I'll guarantee you, I'll tell you straight up what they are. I'll tell you what I know what they are. And if you want to get behind them, that's fine. If you don't want to get behind them, that's cool too. Uh, you know, you have your opinions, I have mine. Now, my thought of Cole Cabana being on Dynamite. Obviously, the first thing I said was, are you kidding me? Right? And Chris Jericho goes ahead and wants to challenge any Ring of Honor world champion. I would have thought easily it would have been either Brian Danielson or somebody else. Or I thought, you know, they're in Baltimore. It could have been anybody that could have been a former Ring of Honor world champion. I was really hoping for Austin Aries, you know, just to make it a whole lot more interesting. But when I saw Colt Cabana, obviously he was a former champion in his own right, but he was never a former Ring of Honor world champion because you can't really see Colt Cabana as a world champion right there. So when he came out, I already had this distinct, this sustained look on my face where I'm like, oh, really? Oh, really? 
And this is the part where now AEW is really messing up in a very, very, very huge way. Because instead of trying to, you know, look, I, I, I said this from the start. If Punk's going to get out of his contract and if the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are going to come back, let them come back as EVPs, but have but they cannot come back as wrestlers. They cannot. But they've all been saying that Punk, that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are going to return in the ring. And my first thought is, oh, my God. And this is the this is the irresponsible, the irresponsibility that I see within AEW, the irresponsibility I see in Tony Khan because they choose to go ahead and let the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega continue to quote-unquote run free and do whatever the hell they want and they want to go ahead and mess up other people's careers. And trust me, you you can see how messed up how messed up the company is right now because considering the fact that Dynamite this past Wednesday was not even close to a perfect Dynamite. It was not. It doesn't make any sense of why Jeff Jarrett was over there. Does not for any any means necessary. It doesn't make any sense about why. Uh, once again, and I don't know who the who the Japanese wrestler was that uh, confronted Orange Cassidy would appear on Dynamite when he's not even allowed to wrestle. He's not cleared to compete in New Japan. We all know that. And yet he is clear to compete over in AEW. Something's fucked up there. And then Cole Cabana appearing there. It's just a slap to the face to CM Punk. It's a slap in the face to AEW. Now, if it's a one-time appearance, okay, that's fine. But still, you decided to go ahead and put Cole Cabana on there because you want to go ahead and show CM Punk that this dude can draw. This dude cannot draw. This dude's a big fucking joke. And here's the thing. I I hate to see what is about to happen, but I personally I feel this investigation ain't over. It's not. It's not over by a long shot. But if they say it's over, look, don't have them don't have them telling you, "Hey, the investigation is over. We can move on from this." No, no. Something something else big will pop out of this whole situation. We have not heard if if Punk is getting released. From his contract. We know that they're going to buy out Punk's contract. We d- we have not heard anything from CM Punk. So people are already trying to go out there. And just trying to run their mouth about something. That they have no idea about what's going on. They don't. Because they're all on the side of Cole Cabana. They're all on the side of the Young Bucks. They're all on the side of Kenny Omega. Because they still want their favorites to be on television. These guys that are not going to draw anything for AEW. These guys that are not going to be able to add more people to the audience. And it's going to be the same crap we've been been watching for well over three years. Nothing has changed. I mean, you know, if if the Young Bucks want to continue to do the shit that they want to do, that's fine. And I feel sorry for FTR, especially FTR themselves, because we know that they are with AEW. We also know that they're the current Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. They're the current uh, AAA Tag Team Champions. They're also the, um, uh, what are they, the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions. And they should be the AEW World Tag Team Champions. But I don't think the Young Bucks 
are going to allow that to happen. I think they'll 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 either stick themselves in the world tag team title picture or they're going to go ahead and let somebody else become tag team champ- champions other than FTR. You almost see that coming. So there there's going to be there's going to be a lot of things that you'll see on Dynamite. I bet you anything in the next few weeks in the next few weeks it's going to end up being somewhere close to maybe under a million, maybe 900,000, maybe 800,000 in the ratings. You know, I think you almost see that many viewership to take place now that now that Punk will be out of out of the company. So, look, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, AEW is being more irresponsible than ever. Tony Khan is being more irresponsible than ever before because instead of allowing, look, it's one thing if, if for CM Punk to get buy out of his contract, okay, that's fine. You go ahead and do what you want. You go ahead and, you know, you let, you try to find a way to buy Punk out of his contract, then you move on with your lives. That's no problem. But the EVPs, these executive vice presidents that weren't part of the investigation, that were on suspension, these guys should have had either their titles of EVPs removed, no longer EVPs. If they want to walk around as wrestlers, they can walk around as wrestlers. But if they want to come in as EVPs, they can walk around as EVPs, but they cannot come in as wrestlers. They cannot. That should have been a ruling. That should have been something that should have been done to AEW. No, Tony Khan allows all this shit to happen, and yet he has no clue. He has no clue how badly AEW is about to struck out, how badly AEW is about to go, go down. All they want to do is try to keep the peace. All they want to do is try to make sure that you know we have... A united front, a, a united locker room. You have a divided locker room. I, I think you still have a divided locker room, considering the fact that you got most, almost 50% of the guys that are in there that should be on television that have not been showed up on television, right? The only thing that's good about AEW at this point in time right now is you got John Moxley having a one-on-one match with MJF, and those, and that's really like the only thing I want to see. The Acclaim are a great tag team. I'm glad they're tag team champions, and I hope though, I hope they hold on to tag team titles for a little bit long, while longer. Orange Cassidy. Let's move on. Um, the fact that there's these all of these talented individuals, some that we have not seen on television in a while, that should be on television just a little bit more longer. But if if people are going to like the idea that Punk is gone, and they're going to say stuff like, you know. He's cancer. CM Punk's a cancer. The locker room. CM Punk is no good for this company. I got news for you. If you really believe that, if you really believe in all the crap that they're telling you about the fact that CM Punk is a cancer, about the fact that CM Punk is causing all this trouble, of the fact that CM Punk pretty much said the truth and yet nobody relied on what he said, they relied on what actions he took. Here's the thing. Let's look back at what happened about a few years ago. You know what happened a few years ago when he was in the WWE? You know the whole line. You know what, what, what CM Punk said to Triple H. I don't have to work with you. You have to work with me. That's how he said it. And then he was fired. And then you know how the rest goes. That was under a different regime when Vince McMahon was still around at the time. Now you're getting something completely... He was not really a cancer 
in WWE. But then again, there were other parts of the story that, you know, you know that got out there. And I know CM Punk had mentioned several things on the Cole Cabana uh, podcast that happened, what, several years ago, right? Several years ago, 2014, 2015. So now we're in this position where now Punk is in AEW. He's drawing money. He's drawing people. He's making AEW his home. He's making AEW the number one wrestling brand out there. And he's doing everything that he can to make sure that this brand stays number one. But that, but now all of a sudden that's out the window because now you got these irresponsible EVPs that want to do that pretty much want to do a number on CM Punk. Hangman Adam Page who had a lot to do with what took place with CM Punk. And while while we are sorry that his injury happened a couple of weeks ago, we, we hope he's okay and everything else like that, it still doesn't get him off the hook. It still does not get him off the hook. The fact that he was one of the individuals responsible for CM Punk not being around. The point of this matter is that the EVPs, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, are going to continue to do crap like this every single time. They're going to do that to a lot of these top guys, a lot of these guys that deserve to have this television time that are trying to draw ratings and trying to draw money for this company, and yet the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega do not want anything to do with them because they want to be the ones to draw the ratings, they want to be the ones to become the big stars, and they're going to be the ones that want to be, quote-unquote, the ones that made AEW. And I'm sorry to say this, dude, but I am not going to be surprised if 2023 comes around and all of a sudden CM Punk ends up in the WWE. And I promise you this, if that happens, you know, I said this before and I'll say it again. I said years ago, I'll believe it when I see it. And then all of a sudden here comes August 20th and CM Punk shows up in front of everybody and shocks the entire wrestling world. And we never thought we would see CM Punk back in a wrestling ring ever again. Now in 2023, if it happens, I'm not saying it will, but if it happens, it's going to be a huge day when CM Punk reunites with the WWE and it's going to be an even huger day when CM Punk lets out every single aggression he has. And trust me, people are going to listen to him. People are going to know what he's talking about. People are going to know the truth from Punk and AEW will regret the decision that they foolishly made. Because listen, you can hate CM Punk, you can love CM Punk, but one thing's for certain about CM Punk, he has not told a lie. He has not been able to tell a lie. All these people, like Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Live, of of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Mega and all these other people want to stick up for these fools because they do not like a star like CM Punk who could overshadow them in anything possible. I would rather have CM Punk running my company than having three irresponsible morons that decide to start something that they have no clue about how to finish. Bottom line is they let go of Punk It's their fault. You want to side with these idiots? That's fine. You side with these idiots. But at the end of the day, AEW was good. But it's already starting to to look like Impact Wrestling. It's already looking like it. it, And it's going to look like it for the next few, few years. 
You wait and see. If they, if shit does not get straightened out in AEW, you'll know whose fault it is. You'll know whose fault it is. But like I said, if you want to side with Punk, I mean, if you want to side with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, if you want to sign with Mega and Tony Khan and all these idiots that have no fucking clue about how to run a business, fine. You, you side with them and you see what's taking place. Chris Jericho who had nothing to do with all this, decides he wants to go ahead and say that CM Punk's a cancer when he has no clue that he is a bigger cancer than they are. That's the fucking truth. I like Chris Jericho. I think he's a great athlete. But he decides to stick, stick his nose where it don't belong. And he has shit to do with any of this. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how it goes down. So to, so to end this, so we can move on with the next thing, look... AEW is going to continue to do good, but it's also going to continue to decline. And you're going to see everything develop before your eyes every step of the way. So if they are truly letting go punk, that's all on Tony Khan. If they want to keep the Young Bucks Kenny Omega, that's all on Tony Khan. If they see the ratings drop, that's all on Tony Khan. If AEW drops, AEW Dynamite goes to shit, that's all on Tony Khan because he chose to be an irresponsible moron instead of being a responsible owner to get all of his shit straight because he let the children run the fucking show. End of story. And then the other one was Colt Cabana. And uh, yesterday I said on the show that I heard from several people that they were going to do something on Dynamite that was going to have everybody talking. And I'm pretty sure that it was a reference to Colt Cabana being Chris Jericho's opponent. And didn't actually see too many people really talking about it. Except in the company, they were all talking about it. And all I know is this. All I know is this. CM Punk got hired. Colt Cabana had been a regular. CM Punk was there for a little while and then Colt Cabana vanished. And then, I don't know, whatever, March, April or whatever, the uh, the rumors started to come out that CM Punk had gotten Colt Cabana fired. And it was never it was never addressed. I mean, there were rumors out there, but nobody ever said anything about it. And uh, and then CM Punk ended up going on the uh, All Out press conference. And that was the... Crux. Actually, it was long before that. It was a Hangman promo. When Hangman made a comment about, you know, whatever he said, like, you know, you, you act like a nice guy on screen, but you're definitely not in the back. And that, of course, was a reference to these, these Colt Cabana rumors. And this made CM Punk very angry. And CM Punk did tell people within the company that he was not responsible. And he insists that he was not responsible. And for whatever it's worth, virtually everybody in the company believes that he was, in fact, responsible. But that was the that was the crux of everything. That's a, that was he he stewed on that for months when he was hurt, and then he has his first uh, big pay per view match back. He goes to that press conference and he just unleashed all about Colt Cabana, and this led to the big fight. This led to the suspensions, and this led to what happened yesterday. Well, what happened yesterday? Well, what happened was the. Uh, Investigation wrapped up. The Young Bucks are back. And Kenny Omega is back. And Colt Cabana's best friend was fired. 
And Colt Cabana is now back on Dynamite. And I don't know. I do not know if CM Punk got Colt Cabana fired or not. But what I do know is if you follow this story and you watched the show last night, your presumption would be that he got him fired. Because now he's gone, and the first thing that happens is Colt Cabana comes back, and he is wrestling on Dynamite. And certainly there were people that work for AEW that believe that that's exactly what happened last night. That was, uh, that was the indication that, in fact, CM Punk had gotten him removed from Dynamite. But at the end of the day, the way it was described to me was it was actually a show of solidarity to get Colt Cabana on the show, give him a big match, uh, get him out there in front of the fans, ROH championship match. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how often he's under a Ring of Honor contract right now, so I don't know how often he'll be on Dynamite. But he is no longer not on Dynamite. So that's the story. Well, you can't say that nobody talked about it. Tony Khan talked about it. Tony Khan was responding to people speaking about CM Punk being blamed for removing Cole Cabana or getting him fired or whatever it was. And he's the one who said that it didn't have anything to do with Colt or with CM Punk. I mean, he said that publicly. He said it in the media that he, that they, all these ROH contracts were coming due and he gave him a similar contract to do different work and that he didn't think that that was fair to Punk. That's what Tony Khan said about that. And that was, that may have been in the week that led up to All Out. <laughs> so it probably did get forgotten about with everything else that ended up happening that weekend. But that's what he had claimed and there were people you know who were more partial to punk side that could not figure out since not only tony khan said that but because he had i guess apparently said it in passing or at least in 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 privacy that that was not the case and there were people then that were wondering then what's the issue then because cabana was not on aew's main tv and punk did sign there what was it october uh, two years ago, I, I believe it was, and Punk wasn't, you were in, Cabana wasn't used all that much, so Tony Khan did talk about this, and he said that Punk didn't have anything to do with it. Whether he was trying to protect Punk at the time, whether he was just outright lying, whatever the reason was, he did actually address this and say that it wasn't Punk's issue, so by bringing him back last night i mean yeah they are certainly framing it in, in a completely different way trent came out tweeted about it said in all caps that it was for the boys and obviously it was a show of solidarity but there's obviously some chasm in what the truth is when it comes to what was actually going on and and what the deal was with cole cabana because now we're hearing two completely different things so next week on the Main Event Talk podcast, we are going to get right back into our regularly scheduled program uh, because we got several big events that are going to be happening in November. Okay, uh, we uh, we know that Crown Jewel is going to be happening tomorrow, which we're gonna we're gonna cover that. We're gonna cover the just to let everybody know uh, we are gonna cover. Oh, sorry, we're gonna cover the press conference that took place um, earlier today. Because there was a press conference that took place over in Rade, Rade, Saudi Arabia. And uh, you'll get the full entire uh, press conference from the main event talk right here 
at the conclusion of this episode of the Made Event Talk podcast. Now, if you want to see that full press conference, all you got to do is go over to YouTube and look for the Crown Jewel press conference, and you'll see the full entire Crown Jewel press conference that took place. It was pretty wild. Saw, got a chance to see part of it. I'll probably see the rest when I get the opportunity. Uh, But we will hear that press conference at the conclusion of this episode. And we will also talk a little bit more about Crown Jewel, about my predictions, about what will happen, and everything else like that. Now, we got some events that are coming up over on uh, in November. So we want to go ahead and get these out of the way. Uh, NWA Hard Times is is coming. Uh, we're going to be talking about that next week on the Mini Event Talk pod- Podcast. Uh, NWA Hard Times in New Orleans about to take place um, this Saturday. Uh, next Saturday, I'm sorry. Uh, November 12th. And it's going to feature several matches. There are a total of 14 matches that are going to happen. And I'm reading here something about a Revolution Rumble which will happen on, I think that's tomorrow. So it's supposed to be a two-night event. You know, well, I don't know. <coughs> but we'll look into details on that one. So we're, I'm not going to cover all, uh, well, I'm going to cover all these matches, but I'm going to give you some of the matches that I think people are going to be looking forward to. Uh, one of them will be a three-way for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Trevor Murdoch to defend his championship against Matt Cardona, the former champion and former NWA World Television Champion, Tyrus. That's going to happen. A Another three-way match for the NWA World Women's Championship. Camille to take on uh, Keelan and Chelsea Green. That's going to happen. And let's see also... The NWA United States Tag Team Championship will be on the line. The Fixers, with their brand new championships, uh, newly made championships, will take on the Spectacles, the Speculars. Is that what they are? The Speculars? (laughs) I think that's what it is. I don't know, but that's crazy. Anyways, the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship Homicide one-on-one against Kerry Morton. Uh, let's see. The NWA Women's World Tag Team Championship will be on the line. Pretty empowered to take on, uh, pretty uh, take on, uh, Missa Kate and Mady Watkin. I think. I, I think I. Uh, it's funny. I just mentioned that name a moment ago. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll talk about it. Oh, speaking of speaking of the women, later on on this episode. Uh, I'm going to give you my opinions on the PWI 150 women list. And you're not going to believe who is actually number one. I'm going to give you that entire list later on on this episode. And let's see. The uh, NWA World Tag Team titles will be on the line. La Rebellion, the current champions, will be defending against Hawks, Airy of Luke Hawks and PJ Hawks, father and son duo right there. And, of course, we've got Davey Richards of... Uh, will defend his MLW National Openweight Championship against Colbin Carino. Okay. Now, so far, those are just a few of the matches that are going to happen at NWA Hard Times next Saturday. The main event is going to be covering that show, and I will be able to give you all the matches and my predictions on all those matches that will take place live Saturday, November 20, November 12th. Okay. 
And I believe it's a two-night event because otherwise I wouldn't have saw that one right here for November 13th. So that's one thing out of the way. Another event that's going to happen is Impact Wrestling's Overdrive, which is going to take place on, I believe it's going to be the following Friday. Uh, Friday, November 18th. That's going to happen. And so far, a few matches have already been announced. So let's hear Josh Alexander, the Impact Wrestling World Champ, will be defending his championship against Frankie Kazarian. Black Taurus, or Taurus. Black Taurus will go one-on-one against Trey Miguel for the Impact Wrestling X Division Championship. And also the Impact Wrestling World Tag Team titles will be on the line. Heath and Rhino to take on the major players of Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. How crazy is that? He's, he's going to be fighting for one championship, which is the NWA world title, and he's going to be fighting for another championship on Impact Wrestling. That's crazy there. So that's all that we got for uh, Impact's Overdrive. More matches to be announced. We'll be talking about that probably next week on the Main Event Talk podcast. Let's get to full gear. Let's get into AEW's full gear that's going to be happening uh, live. I believe it's going to be on a Saturday. Saturday the 19th. Saturday the 19th. Um, we talked about Overdrive being on a Friday. On November 18th, November 19th, will be full gear. Now, so far, there's been four, looks like four matches about to be announced. Uh, we got Tony Storm defending her interim AEW Women's World Championship against Jamie Hayter. We got the Acclaim taking on Swerve in Our Glory. The finals of the AEW Championship Eliminator Tournament to be decided. And then, of course, the main event, John Moxley to defend his AEW World Championship against the number one contender, MJF. Will MJF walk away with the AEW World Championship or will John Moxley retain his championship? And of course, there's another event that's going to be coming up. Uh, nothing has been etched in stone yet, but we know that WWE Survivor Series is going to be coming up on Saturday, sep- uh, Saturday, November 26th. Featuring War Games. So it's going to be interesting to see how all that goes down. And no doubt later on today, Crown Jewel, or later on tomorrow, Crown Jewel will give us exactly what we need to know about as far as what's going to be set up for War Games and Survivor Series. So that's pretty much all the events that are, that are going to take place in November. Now, Speaking of big events to take place over in November, we got a couple of events that are going to happen over at Richards Billiards, and it's going to be back-to-back right here. Uh, it's going to take place. One event's going to happen on November 18th, and another's going to take place on November 19th. So let's start off with the first event. And uh, this event is going to feature a group known as Zombie King, and they are going to be uh, performing over at Richards Billiards on, on Friday, November 18th. And it's going to feature Empire of Ashes, Haunt the Sleep, and um, and I apologize if I'm not pronouncing this correctly. Quaxic is that Quaxic or okay? I'm and I'm apologizing to the band right now if they're listening to this podcast. That I cannot pronounce this for fucking shit, okay? Because you, you know how, you, you know how you can easily pronounce something like Empire of Ashes, or Zombie King, or Haunt the Sleep. That's easy. That's fine. It works. You move on with your fucking life. 
But when I see this other band that's spelled Q-U-I-X-O-T-I-C, um, obviously when you remove the first four letters, Oxic comes to mind. Now, if, if it's Q or Que, Quoxic, I think it's Quoxic. I think I think that's how it's supposed to spell. If if it, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I'm apologizing. I'm just promoting this fucking show, okay? But anyways, uh, I'm looking into the Zombie King um, event page. I'm actually looking at the Facebook page right here. It says here, headline of the show Friday, November. 18th at Rich's Billiards, we've got some killer bands on the bill to help kickstart the, kickstart the party. Show starts at 9 p.m., $10 at the door. Come early to check out Empire of Ashes and Haunt the Sleep. And I believe they follow me on Instagram. And let's see, and Quoxic. I'll, I'll, I'll just pronounce it like that, Quoxic, because I don't even know how it goes. Quoxic, okay. If it, if that's right, I'm on. If if it, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I'm apologizing. I'm just putting this show because it's Richard's billiards and because uh, one of the members of Zombie King is Headbanger Incorporated's head of security, the A Train himself, Adon Pena. Is it just me or is he a very busy man? Yes, he is. The fact that he is not only is he a part of Zombie King, he is also part of. Uh, Let's see, Fistful of Metal, uh, Sugar Sugar Blast, uh, what's the, uh, I, think he, I think he's in Headbangers Pit also, yes, Headbangers, Headbangers Pit, I believe he's a part of that one as well. Yes, Adan Pena is an extremely busy, busy man, and there's a reason why he beats those drums, ladies and gentlemen, just like when he beat that beat the shit out of that one guy that was over there at Rich's Billiards, he had it on camera, they had to delete it, but... I'd give anything to see that. There's a reason why he is Headbanger Incorporated's head of security, and there's a reason why I put him on the payroll. So that way, nobody can fuck with me or Hector or Richard or anybody that gets in our way. You step to us, see the A-train right over there? He's going to A-bomb all your asses. And if you don't pay the fine when you come into Rich's Billiards, he will A-bomb you through the window, okay? He almost ate that. But anyways, uh, Zombie King is going to be performing over at Rich's Billiards on on Friday, November 18th. Going to be looking forward to that. I'm going to try and make this appearance. I'm going to try. I mean, it's been a long time. I have not been. You know, you know, the last, you know what the, when the last time I was at Rich's Billiards? You know what the very last time was? Check this out. We're in November, right? The last time I was over there on my birthday on July 16th. That was the very last time. And uh, I know p- other people had other things to do, Homestar. And you, you could have made the time to go. It doesn't matter if you were way the fuck over in Austin. You could have made the time. But anyways. Anyway, Zombie King is going to be performing over there. And besides that event that's going to happen, there's also another event that's going to take place here. Let me see if we can pull that up right here. Let's see. Emo night right here. Let's look into the event right here. Trying to look into the page here. Oh, come on. Are you serious? Go back. There we go. Okay. So let me see here. There's an event happening at Rich's Billiards. And uh, 
It's emo night and it's going to take place on November 19th. Uh, let's see. I think this is it. Here we go. Okay, so uh, let's see. This is going to take place at, at Rich's Billiards. Um, party goers in uh, Cheers X Tears apparel free before 10 p.m. Uh, it's another emo night event. It's going to happen over at Rich's Billiards featuring, let's see, Thanks for the Memories. And it's crazy how it's spelled. It, I, 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 I was very, very lucky to find out that, okay, I'm looking at it like, okay, what, what, what is that supposed to say? What? What's that supposed to say? There's a couple of letters missing. Thanks for the memories. Okay. <clears throat> I think that's what I got. Okay. Anyways, uh, the event will happen on Saturday, November 19th, Rich's Billiards. Um, it's going to be 21 plus. Uh, welcome with proper ID, $10 at the door. Event starts at 9 p.m. and will end around 2 a.m. So get there as early as you can, guys. And uh, be careful with these uh, Be careful with these shows, especially when it comes to Emo Night. They always have a tremendous crowd every single time when Emo Night comes over to Rich's Billiards. They were, they were there just about uh, almost a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was on October 15th. Um, the weekend of NXT's Halloween Havoc. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Halloween Havoc was on the 22nd. This was the weekend of... What was the event? It was a boxing event, I think. I think that's what I remembered on, on that event. But anyways, <coughs> that's what's going to take place over at Rich's Billiards. Emo Night on Saturday, November 19th. As always, 21 plus and up are welcome at the door. $10 at the door. Show starts at 9 p.m. 2 a.m. is when it stops. So, those are the two big events that are going to happen over at Rich's Billiards. I think that's going to be next, I believe it's next week, right? Or two weeks. Oh, in two weeks, I'm sorry. In two weeks, my apologies. Emo night to take place on Saturday, November 19th, and Zombie King to perform over at Rich's Billiards on Friday, November 18th. Those events are going to happen over at Rich's Billiards, so if you got nothing to do on that particular weekend, Rich's Billiards is definitely the place for you. And how do I say it? Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes. The legend continues. And this episode, and this is sponsored by the Main Event Talk Podcast. Keeping Rich's Billiards alive for longest fucking time. And I swear to God, I need to go back to Rich's Billiards. I need to go back. I need to make the grand entrance, okay? You realize how, you realize how long it's been since I've had a fucking fireball? I, 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 the last time I had a Michelob Ultra there was over on my fucking birthday. And by the way, nobody gave me a birthday shot. Fuckers. Well, I should complain, right? But never mind. But nonetheless, be ready for those events, guys. Once again, Zombie King to perform over over at Rich's Billiards on November 18th on Friday and Saturday, Emo Night to take place on November 19th. Be prepared for those events at Rich's Billiards. It should be one hell, hell of a weekend. Should be awesome to check out.
If you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. Listen for your question right here on the main event talk podcast, and it could be any question that you want, whether it's anything about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling to anything new in music or anything about possibly politics, even though I really don't get into politics that much anyway, or anything about current events or anything about the Transformers or any kind of new metal music that you like to talk about or anything in particular, even if it's a bit personal. The main event would love to go ahead and put that email out for everyone to listen to. So once again, my email address is the main event 1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. And listen for that question right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Now, before we get into the next segment right here in the Main Event Talk Podcast, there is one thing that I want to mention. Now, yes, this episode is going to be aired tomorrow. Actually, this, uh, I'm sorry, my apologies. Actually, this episode is uh, coming, is going to be, hap- well, it should be out right now if you guys are hearing this on a Friday, so you know, guys know what's up. Uh, it's not going to be in the morning. It's going to be around nighttime. You know, I kind of have my own little scheduling conflict in every way possible. But I just wanted to remind everybody that um, the next episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, obviously I got one coming up. Uh, next Saturday, you know, just to keep up with the schedule and everything. But I do have a very special episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, which will be released on November 9th, which is going to happen on a Wednesday. Now, what's the purpose of that uh, episode being released? It's going to focus on the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob. Now, you know that a lot of things that happened back in 1997, about 25 years ago, uh, 25 years ago was the uh, the birth of Kane. Uh, 25 years ago was the birth of Degeneration X. Uh, the death of Brian Pillman. Um, <clears throat> I believe also uh, the debut of Hell in a Cell. Uh, let's see. And also, I believe this was also... Uh, there were several other factors that happened uh, 25 years ago, but none more important than the anniversary that we're about to get into. On the next episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, which will be released... Well, actually, it's it's scheduled to be released on November 9th, so you guys will get an opportunity to hear that episode before we begin to the next episode. It's going to give you an idea. Uh, I think most of you guys that remember what happened 25 years ago, the Montreal Screwjob, the match that took place in the 1997 Survivor Series between Brett the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels. You get an idea of how that goes. So the main event's going to look back upon not only just that event itself, but we're also going to talk about a lot of other things, including how everything was set up. You know, uh, when I first heard about it, I didn't know about it until I didn't know about it until. You know, um, I found out about it, uh, you know, I found out about the, the actual news, what, what actually took place and everything. Now, on this episode that comes up, not only are you going to hear me talk about 
the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob. But you're going to hear several things that are going to take place in the Montreal Screwjob, including from the men themselves, from Brett the Hitman Hart to Shawn Michaels to Jim Ross to Jim Cornette to Bruce Pritchard to many others. They're all going to talk about what took place 25 years ago. And it was one of the most incredible moments in the history of professional wrestling. And it's still something that we talk about to this day. So with that being said, here's a special look at 25, the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob in the 1997 Survivor Series between Bret the Hitman Hart and the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship. was truly one of the most shocking moments in the history of professional wrestling over 25 years ago and it is still being talked about to this day it is going to be tremendous and it is possibly one of the best one of the best pieces of work i've done in a long long time i've always wanted to review the montreal screw job i always wanted to review exactly how how real it actually was and and trust me i mean there there are a lot of things in professional wrestling that you know can be quote unquote fake like that really didn't happen but when you see something like this that took place 25 years ago it, that that was no 
that was no work. I mean, that was a straight shoot. It, it really happened. It was for real. And it is something that is still being talked about to this day. So be, be prepared for the special presentation of the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob to come out on November 9th. That's a new episode of the Main Event Talk podcast coming on Wednesday. Be ready for that. Okay, so uh, we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about here on this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Um, there was something that I did want to talk about, and I saw this. Um, <laughs> and I got to get this out of the way right now. Um, and this was, uh, it was shown on Facebook. It was shown on Twitter. Um, the PWI 500. <laughs> And this was interesting uh, because this was just, I think this was just released. Uh, I saw this on Facebook. Right now I'm going on the Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, Insider Scoop here. Let's see. Okay, so there's the, okay, here we go. Okay, so they have shown, they have shown the, Let's see, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated's our um, women's 150 is totally stardom struck. And I saw that. And, uh, I, and this was a talk because this is, this is where you can tell right away that this is not exactly what you would expect. Okay, this is not what you would expect. Okay, so... Let me see if I can, uh, it says to order it and everything else like that, but I'm not looking to order it. I want to see what's on it and everything. Um, let me see if we can, uh, let me see if we can pull something up here real quick. So we got the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Uh, let's see if we can go for the, uh, one, uh, 150, I'm sorry, uh, women's. Uh, women's 150, okay, so we're looking into that, right, and uh, it's a Pro Wrestling Illustrated Insider Scoop right here, okay, this is what we see, this is what the front cover looks like, it says subscribe now, it doesn't exactly give me a description of everything here, so, hmm, let's see if we can, um, Trying to see if we can get a better view of what's on it and what's not. Let's see if we can. Uh... <laughs> okay, so. Nah, that's. <laughs> well, it's not exactly giving me what I want at this point, but let me see if we can look into this just a little bit more. Because this was some interesting stuff. So, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated has shown. Um, the uh, women's 150 category. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because they, they showed the list. They showed who was on it. Uh, but let me see if we can uh, find out a bit more of it. If there's... Okay, so... Okay, so this is what the list... Okay, they're showing... Okay, I'm looking on this on a different website right now. It's showing the list here, right? 
and this is what I was actually looking for, so I like this. Okay, so this is the full 200, uh, 2022 PW, uh, PWI Women's uh, 150 list revealed. Uh, let's see if we can... Uh, let's see, I wanted to skip this part. I'm, I, I'd like to subscribe to them if I had the opportunity. So let's see here. Okay, so we've got... So far, I've got the 17 listed right here. Okay, so there's a lot of women that are, are listed on here. So, now I'd like to go ahead, I, I like to go ahead and just start off with uh, the first, let's see, we're at 150, right? So, uh, let's look at some of the people on this list here, uh, the women on the, on the PW 150s list, so that way we'll get an idea of how it is. Okay, so... 150 starts with hyper uh, meat uh, ma I once again I, I must apologize if I if I'm not pronouncing this correctly I apologize hyper misao hyper misao I think that's what it is that's 150 right there uh, the name sounds familiar I don't really know it that much but we'll see. Uh, 149 is Riley Shepard. Okay, nothing to, nothing to brag about there. 148 is uh, Kayla Sparks. Okay, I think I know who that is. I think she uh, I think she had wrestled in the NWA for a while. I think she currently is in the NWA. I think she's in Impact Wrestling. I could be wrong. Um, I may have to look into it a little bit more, but let me continue on with the list here. Uh, we're at number 147, Low O'Farrell. Okay, don't know who that is. <laughs> okay, number 146 is Alexa Nicole. Nicole, I'm sorry. Okay, that's interesting right there. Okay. Um, let's see. Number 145 is Danny Moe. Okay, don't know who that is. Uh, number 44 is uh, Jocelyn Navarro. Okay, that name sounds familiar right there. Uh, I think uh, I think she's wrestled in the NWA. I think she's currently with Impact Wrestling. Uh, not Impact, AEW. I could be wrong, but we may have to look into this. Number 43. Uh, this one I know uh, quite well. Uh, a woman who has said she has retired about 950 times until she came back. I know she has some uh, some issues. Number 143, Kylie Ray. <laughs> Interesting there. Number 42 is Liz, uh, Lisa, I, I think it's really like Lisa Hall, but it's Lisa Hall. Uh, it's double I, but pff, okay. Okay, that's number 142. Number 141 is La Hydra, La, La Hydra. Okay, this is what I'm spelling it. It's L-A, separate, H-I-E-D-R-A. Okay, that's... <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. It's fucking crazy. Okay, so that's number 141. 140 is Frey... Frey the Slay. Freya the Slayer. <laughs> and I and I swear to God that's how it's spelled. It's F E F R E 
Y-A, the S-L-A-Y-A, Slayer. Not Slayer, Slayer. <laughs> Interesting here. Okay, so let's continue on here. Number 139 is, I believe it's Devane, Davini. Uh, it, it, it's spelled D-A-V-I-E-N-N-E. Okay. Uh, interesting there. Okay. Uh, number 138 is Charlie Morgan. Ah. Uh, I think that name is extremely familiar. Don't know where that came from, but it's, but it's kind of interesting there. So we'll, we'll stick with that. Okay, uh, 137 is interesting on the list here. Shotzi, as in Shotzi Blackheart from the WWE. Interesting there. Uh, number number 136 is Joey Threat. Uh, I thought this was a woman's. <laughs> uh, Josephine may sound a little bit better than that, but Joey Threat. Hmm. Interesting there. Okay, the next one is uh, 135... Natalia Markova. Uh, definitely definitely know who she is. Uh, I followed her in the uh, NWA. Uh, I know she has competed in the uh, NWA uh, many times before. Uh, she's one of the hottest prospects going. Uh, she shouldn't even be in this part of the Well, she should be on this list, but I think she should just go a little bit higher, but that's just my perspective here. Against all these other women. Okay. Uh, next one on the list here. What the hell? We got a grasshopper in my fucking way here. <laughs> I'm outside just to let everybody know right now while I'm reading through this list here. Okay, the next one is uh, Takumi Iroha. Okay, that that one, I believe that's a... It sounds familiar. I do not know if it's from Stardom. Or, or or something like that. I I try not to watch any of these stardom places or stardom events or whatever. Because number one, I don't know where to start. And number two, are these women as good as they claim? You know what I mean? It's funny. Okay, that, but that was 134. 133 is uh, she is currently right now a free agent. And I also believe that she will eventually be back in the WWE. She is the wife of Keith Lee, and right right away, I just gave out the name there. Uh, Mia Yim is number 33. Personally, she should be on a higher list. That's just my opinion there. Uh, Hannah is number 132. Uh, Hannah, none, H-A-N-A-N. Okay, we move on. 131 is Iva... Kolaski. Ivan Kolaski. Interesting there. Uh, 130. <coughs> someone that has wrestled in Impact Wrestling and also someone that wrestled in the NWA. Um, Max the Impaler. Uh, she had competed recently with uh, I think it was against uh, Camille for the NWA World Women's Championship a while back. Hmm. I just knocked something off. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
just trying to take a sip of my sip of my coke here anyways let me get to the list here uh, we're at um uh we were at number 130 that's maxine paler okay number 129 uh makoto don't know do not care 128 debbie uh debbie uh, uh and my apologies I'm, I'm trying to pronounce these names correctly here uh, Debbie Kettle. I think it's Kettle. Debbie Kettle. I think that's what it's supposed to be. But anyways, that's 128 right there. 127 from AEW Ty Mello. And number, oh, and this is interesting. Uh, number 26, EO Sky. EO Sky is right there. Uh, Number 125 is Chris Statlander from Impact Wrestling. I'm sorry, not from Impact. Um, Chris Statlander from AEW. I'm surprised that she's on this list. I thought she would be just a bit lower, just going down the list here. Okay, here. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Okay, I'm trying to get... <coughs> I was trying to move something here. I couldn't, so... Okay, anyways, number, uh, as I mentioned, 125 was Chris Statlander. Number 124 is, I think it's Becca. That's what it's called. But here's how, it, here's how it's strangely spelled. B3, I'm not kidding, B3CCA. Now, if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. But that's exactly what I see. And it's right here in front of me. And that's how it goes. Okay, so that's that's um, 124. 123 is uh, Mina Shira uh, Shirakawa. Mira Shirakawa. Mi Mina Shirakawa. I think that's what she's spelled. Okay, uh, that's 123. 122 is Savannah Summers. Uh, I think that name's familiar. I I think she wrestles in the NWA. She could be wrestling in AEW. I could be wrong, but that name just sounds extremely familiar there. Uh, number 20, 121, Erica Lee. Number 120 is Yuki Kamifuka. Yuki Kamifuka. I think that's that, that, that just... Yumi Kamifuka, and I'm, I'm I'm actually pronouncing it how it sounds, um, but anyways, number nine, uh, number one nineteen, representing the WWE, who is also a part of Damage Control, Dakota Kai ahead of EO Sky, which is crazy. So, one twenty six is EO Sky, and uh, one nineteen is uh, Dakota Kai. That's interesting right here. This is this part is really interesting right here. Okay. Mar Marina Schaefer from AEW is one uh one eighteen. I'm like, okay, you're putting this girl ahead of Dakota Kai? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you insane? She should drop down the fucking list there. Dakota should be up there. All these other, all these other women that I'm mentioning. You know who? Uh, and, and let me go down the list here because some of the women that I see here should be up a little bit higher. Uh, so let, Shotzi should be higher. Uh, Natalia Makovovich should be higher. Um, Mia Yim she should be higher. You know, and all. 
It's like, okay, you're basically making making up this list as we're going along, so it's really ridiculous how this looks. Okay, but anyways, let me continue on with the list here. Um, let's see, number 120, 117, Alexa Bliss. Okay, so Alexa, Alexa Bliss is right above... Um, Right above Dakota Kai, but also right above Maria Shafir, so that's cool. Okay, so number 116, Taryn from Accounting. Uh, Taryn from Accounting. Um, <laughs> am, am, I, am I the only one that's confused about this? Am I am I the only one that's confused about this? Oh my fuck god. This is insane. Okay, so let me continue on with the list here. Okay, so um uh let's see, that's 116. 115 is uh Jane Janai Kai. And 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 I think I don't know who this is, but it's pronounced Janai Kai. And how how this is spelled is J A N A I K-A-I, as in, like, you know, Dakota Kai, so that's easy to spell right there. Yeah, Janai Kai, that's, I, I'm guessing it's from Stardom, that could be it. Uh, one of my all-time favorites is someone that I follow and someone that is a friend of mine on Facebook. Uh, Ivelisse is on here. Uh, that's 114. Number 113 is um, Kaniji. I, I think can G can G I think that's what it spelled K A N J I that's 113 uh, number 112 from it from AEW red velvet have not seen her in a long long time uh, number 111 is Alexa Falcon Alexis Falcon uh, I think that name sounds familiar number 10 is one uh 110 is Sky Blue, who has got the finest ass I've ever seen. I swear to God, that's a fucking trip. Number nine, number 109 is Nikki. Uh, well, it says Nikki A.S.H., but I think we can now call her Nikki Cross now that she's going through that whole change in her life. Number 108 is Mizuki. I believe I think that sounds I think that sounds familiar. Uh, probably representing uh, stardom. That's all I can figure out right there. Uh, number one oh seven is Lady Frost, who had wrestled in the NWA and also wrestled in Impact Wrestling. I don't know what she's currently doing at this point. Number one six one oh six is uh, Rachel Rose. Uh, I believe that's a name that sounds familiar. Uh, number one oh five is. Um, and if I'm pronouncing this wrong, I apologize. Nana Takahash, Takahashi. And that's what I'm pronouncing it. It's uh, N-A-N-A-E, right? And then it's ta uh, Takahashi, so that's pretty easy uh, to put together. Okay, so that's 105. 104, Lady Shaney. That's exactly how it says right there, Lady Shaney. Number 103 is Anna J from AEW. 102 is Baby Allison. Uh, do not know, do not care. 101 is Hazuki. 
it wouldn't surprise me if Mizuki and Hazuki were a tag team, but that's just my opinion. But anyways, that's one on one right there. One hundred is Kiera Hogan, who are who is a part of uh, AEW, part of the Baddies. Just to remember there. Okay, so we've gone down the list from one hundred from one hundred fifty all the way down to one hundred at this point. So I'm I'm gonna go down this complete list and you know give you my opinion on each and every one of them. Some I'm just gonna not know, and some will easily be recognized. Just drinking my Coke right here. Okay, let's continue on. Number 99 is Christy James. Uh, Christy James, who is, uh, I know who she is. Uh, not only does she wrestle for the NWA, uh, I believe she's also a, um, a valet for that. Uh, who is it? I'll probably talk about, um, uh, talk about it. Because she, because I know she wrestled over in RCW. Uh, Riverside Wrestling over in San Antonio. Uh, she was a champion over there. Uh, I believe um, uh, Brandon Oliver runs that promotion over there. Uh, that's his deal and everything. And uh, let's see, because I know she's a valet over in the NWA, because that's uh, the last I've saw her. But we'll probably talk about a little bit more about her later on in this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast when we talk about some of the events there that are taking place over. In November with NWA Hard Times. I believe she's going to be a part of that event. All right, let's continue on here. Uh, Number 98, Blair Davenport uh, from NXT UK. (coughs) I believe she's going to be part of the NXT roster now. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if they repackage her in some way. You know, she's someone... Oh. Sorry, she's someone that definitely needs to be the next NXT Women's Champion. A- anybody but Mandy Rose, I swear to God, anybody but Mandy Rose. Anyways, let's keep going with this. Um, number ninety-seven, Do Drop. Have not seen much of her in a long, long time. Uh, number ninety-six is Layla Gray, who is also part of the Baddies. And my God, that woman is sexy. K- Kira Hogan's got an ass, but this woman has just got that sex appeal that just. Mm, you just can't help it. You know what I'm saying? You just can't help it right there. Okay, uh, let's see. Number 95 is Lainey Luck. Uh, once again, that name. Uh, you know, There's always a name that, that is familiar and I recognize it, but I'm, I can't put a, uh, put a face or anything on it unless I've seen them in the ring before. Okay, uh, number 94, Shayna Baszler on this list here from the WWE. Uh, number 93 is Me Suriga. Uh, Me I'm thinking New Japan or Stardom, I think. It's one of those. Uh, that's number 93. Number 92 is uh, Nicole Matthews. I think that's a name that sounds extremely familiar. Number 91 is Kogangma. Kogangma. I think that's it's spelled K O G U M A. Um, I'm guessing New Japan probably or or Stardom or one of those. Uh, number ninety representing the NWA, Marty Bella. That's that's uh, interesting right there. Uh, okay, number eighty nine is Miranda um, Elias, also somebody that wrestled over in RCW and also someone that wrestled in Ring of Honor, and I believe she wrestled a little bit in the NWA, if I remember that correctly. 
Okay, that's number 89. Number 88 is, uh, well, I'm not sure if she's still the current uh, 24-7 champion, but she does represent the WWE. I've talked about Dana Brooke. Um, Haven't seen much of her lately, but, uh, you know, we know she's uh, doing pretty good as far as we know it right now. Okay, so that's number 88. 87 is, once again, another name I cannot pronounce. Number 87, I think it's Sayori Ango. Ango. Okay, this is how how it's spelled. S-A-O-R-E. And then you got A N O U. <laughs> it, it's <coughs> it's incredible. It's incredible how uh, my my guess is probably stardom. That's that's my only thing. I mean, unless I mean, if the, if there was anything that was written in Spanish, I would recognize it, and it would easily be like a AAA promotion or something like that. But anyways, uh, let's continue on. Number eighty six, uh, Allison K. A uh, member of the Hex and also a member of the NWA roster. Number 85, Raquel Rodriguez from SmackDown, from WWE. Number 84 is Ven... I, let me see if I'm pronouncing this right. V Vini. V-E-N-Y. I think that's, that's how it's pronounced. Um, don't know, don't care. Let's move on. 83 is Cora Jade uh, from NXT. She makes the list. Very, very cool right there. I'm kind of curious about where uh, Roxanne Perez is at because that will be interesting there. Okay, uh, let's see. Cora Jade is number 83. Number 82 is Miu Wan... To... <laughs> Oh boy, okay. I'm la- I'm laughing at this because of how this is spelled. Okay, check this out. And the the first, okay, the first name is easy because it's M I U, right? Mayu, right? That that's how it's actually supposed to spell. The last one is Watanabe. Want it to be? It sounds like wannabe, right? So it's. Mayu want to be. Mayu want to be. Mayu want to be wanting to get the fuck out of here. I mean, I, what the hell is the... How the fuck did he be... I mean, if it's a Japanese name, okay, but it cannot be that fucking ridiculous. It'd be, it'd be stupid. Okay, let's continue on. Uh, that was number 82. Number 81, Natalia from SmackDown from the WWE. Uh, let's see. Uh, number 80 is Killin, Killin King. Uh, she was in the NWA. I believe she was in Impact Wrestling for, for a while. And then now she's currently with the AEW roster. Okay. We got that out of the way. Now we're up to the 70s here. Uh, 79 is Casey uh, Spinelli. Spinelli. I think that's right. Uh, Casey Spinelli. Number 78 is Murray. Murray. It's spelled M I R A E. I I think that's supposed to be correctly here. But, anyways, 
Uh, number that was number seventy-eight. Number seventy-seven is Serena Deeb, a uh, legend in her own right. Had wrestled in the WWE for a while. Is currently wrestling in the AEW. Yes, she was also a former NWA Women's World Champion. Just to get that out of the way. Uh, number seventy-six, Athena from AEW. You know her quite well as Ember Moon, formerly with the WWE. Number 75, currently with the NWA and is also the wife of Zack Ryder or Matt Cardona. We're talking about Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green is number 75. Number 74 is Jordan Blade. I believe I know who that name is quite well. Uh, number 73 is Laura Di Montillo. Laura Di Montillo. I think that's what it's pronounced. Uh, that's number 73. 72 is Sandra Moore. No, actually, I'm sorry. It's Sandra Monet. I think that's supposed to be Monet because the last name is M-O-O-N-E. It's Monet. That's how it's spelled. Okay, uh, let's see if we can... Uh, going down the list here. 71 is... Uh, we went to 72. 71 is... Hikari Noah. I think that's how it's spelled. Hikari Noah. Okay. Number seven. Number seventy is Edith Surreal. I, really? Number seventy is Edith Surreal. I'm not kidding. Edith Surreal. That's that's how that. It, how these these names have got to be made up. I swear to God. I mean, I understand we're in the wrestling business, but can you come up with a name that is actually fucking real? Can we move on from this, please? Okay, let me let me kind of go down. We're uh we're we're finished with all of the seventies now. We're now at the sixties. Okay, number sixty nine is Thick Thecla. I think that's right, Thecla. Number 68, Jessica Troy. That, that, that sounds familiar right there. 67 is Rina Yamashita. That sounds, that sounds familiar. And also uh, someone, uh, my guess is probably in Japan. Uh, number 66 is Rosemary of Impact Wrestling. Uh, number 65 from AEW, Akaru Shida. Number 64, also from AEW, Jamie Hayter. Number 63, Tutti Lin from the NWA. Number 62 is uh, Shaza McKenzie. I believe, I'm going to say NWA, but also I'm, I'm thinking Impact Wrestling as well. And number 61 on this list is Asuka from the WWE and also one half of the women's tag team champions with Alexa Bliss. That's funny. Alexa Bliss is down the list all the way over here. And Oscar's way up here. That Honestly, they both need to be up on this fucking list. Up, up to number 60 at least. Come on. Give me a fucking break. Or, or maybe more. I could be wrong. But that's just me talking. Okay, so that's number 61. Number 60 is Ruby Soho. Have not seen much of her. We know she's been injured. I think since All Out was the last time we saw her. And we're hoping to see her back in the ring very, very soon. 
Okay, we're done with the 60s. Now we're going to the 50s right here. Number 59 is Riza Sira. Riza Sira. Sounds like some sort of a syrup I've tried in my pancakes. Number 58 is Holly, Holly Dread. Holly Dread. My guess, it's a woman's name. And she must have dreadlocks. That's all I can figure. Okay. Number 57 is Gulia. I think that's... I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. Okay. Gulia. G-I-U-L-I-A. Okay. Gulia. That's number 57. Number 56 is Savannah Evans, who is from Impact Wrestling. Number 55 is Natsup. Natsupuyi. Boy. Okay. N A T S U P O I. Nat. Natsupoi. 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 Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Number 54 is Charlie Evans. Number 53 is Trish Adora. Number 52 is Billy Starks. Um, any relation to Ricky Starks or Zoe Stark? <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's see. That was uh, Billy Stark, number 52. Uh, 51 is Ali Catch. Ali, Ali Catch, really? Ali Catch. The, and once again, this is how it's pronounced. Ali is... Oh, Sorry, that's gotten away. Ali as in A-L-L-I-E, Ali. And then catch is K, not C, K-A-T-C-H, Ali catch. Sounds like a cat. But anyways, uh, number 50. Oh, oh, this is interesting here. Uh, and this is interesting from my perspective. Uh, I believe... I don't know if she has a contract with AEW, but I know that the WWE is extremely interested in having this woman in their roster. She is one of my followers on Twitter, and she, she not, not only that, she's one of the most sexiest women I've ever seen, and not to mention the fact that this woman, she, any time when a woman likes death metal, and especially when it comes to the possessed, oh, you are in with me all the way. Number 50. Viva Van. And oh my God, not, not only is she attractive, you've got to see her matches. You've got to see her matches. She is, she is incredible. She is great in the ring. And I hope, I hope she gets into the WWE. I really, really hope she gets into the WWE. She's made a lot of waves in AEW. And I'm telling you this right now, if AEW doesn't pick up on her, I bet you anything that WWE will. I hope they do. Okay, so that's number 50. Number 49 is J.C. Jane. Ah, she's in good company. And right next to J.C. Jane is Gigi Doylan. Both of them, Toxic Attraction, take number 49 and number 48. How interesting is that? How crazy is that? Now, uh, well, we're, we're in the 40s right now. And uh, here's something interesting on the list here. I just mentioned uh, Gigi and J.C., and I know what you're thinking. Oh, is Mandy Rose on the list next? Well, she's a bit higher, but number 47 is actually Naomi. That's incredible. I would have figured she would have dropped down the list here a little bit there. You know what I'm saying? She would drop, I, I was thinking she would have dropped down somewhere between uh, 60 to 70 at least. 
That was just my opinion. But anyways, uh, number 46 is Lufisto. Okay, let's move on. Number 45 is Jetta. Number four is Tasukis. Okay, once again, let me try to pronounce this. Tasukasa Fujimoto. Oh, wait a minute. Um, fuck. Uh, Fujimoto. The, the last name is easy to easy to pronounce, but the first name. How did they pronounce it? Uh, Sukasa. Tusaka. Whatever the fuck. However it works. But that name sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. I don't think I know who the person is, but it sounds familiar. But anyways, that's number 44. Number 43 is Yuka Sakazaki. What? (laughs) Really? How fucked up is that? Okay. Oh, speaking speaking of fucked up, here's, here's something crazy. Uh, well, it's not, well, technically, it's not really fucked up, but I think she's placing a good list. Although she should be a little bit higher from the WWE and also from the Judgment Day, Rhea Ripley is number 42 in this one. Number 41, Suzu, and I'm, Suzu Suzuki. Suzu Suzuki. Suzu Suzuki. Okay, anyways, number 40 is uh, Willow Nightingale. Uh, she wrestled in the, uh, I believe she wrestled in the NWA. She also wrestled in Ring of Honor and is currently in under contract with AEW. Uh, that's who it is right here. So let's, uh, let's go to the next one here. Number, number 39 is... <laughs> Oh, not this again. Okay, okay. So I mentioned earlier, I mentioned earlier about the last name. Okay, the last name, I think it was Tasuko Wannabe or whatever. Okay, here's number 39. Mumu Wannabe. I'm not kidding. Mumu. Where, where the fuck do they come up with these fucking names? Seriously. If it's a Japanese name, it wouldn't surprise me. But come on now. Couldn't you come up with something like that? Couldn't you come up with that? I mean, I would actually understand that name. Okay, so we're we're in the 30s right now. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, that was 39. Number 38 is Dark Dark Silu. I think it's Siluat. Silu. Saluta. Oh, I think that. Yeah, Dark Saluta. Yeah, and I believe... That name, once again, it's a name that sounds extremely familiar. That, uh, I believe, I I was going to say it's a Japanese name, but I think it's more of, um, from the AAA promotion, you know, in Mexico. That's, that's, that's all I can figure there. Okay, number 37, it, oh no. Oh no, not, oh God, I can, she's on this fucking list, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Okay. I I got this shock look on my face right now because I'm looking at this fucking list here. Okay. Number 37. She is a woman that has appeared in AEW. She's Japanese. Okay. Well, let's get that out of the way. She's Japanese. I believe she's in stardom. I believe she wrestled in New Japan. She is... She's supposed to be one of these... One of these Japanese women who used to be a pop singer long time ago now has turned into a 
supposedly turned into a professional wrestler. You ready for this? Number 37 is Maki Ito. Oh my god, are you serious? You, did this what did you her? Number 37? Are you she should be over Rhea Ripley? Are you over oh my god. Over all of these other I mean not, not I'm not talking about all of them under the list there, but my fucking god, are you serious? Are you fucking out of your Makiito? Number 37? Oh my god. The only bright side to this is the next person on the list. Number 36, and I talked about her earlier. Roxanne Perez. <coughs> Currently with the WWE right now in NXT and hopefully uh, someone that can be the next NXT Women's Champion. <sighs> Maki Ito. Oh, my God. I cannot get over that right now. Okay, number 35. Uh, let's move on. Number 35, Emerson Jane. That's number 35. Number 34 is Arisa Nakajima. Arisa Nakajima. Okay, I think I think that name that name sounds familiar. Number thirty-three is Hi Ann. Hi Ann, how are you? Just fine. How'd you get here? Hi Ann is spelled H Y A N. Hi Ann. Okay. Number thirty-two is Princess Sug. What? Okay. Suj Hit. Princess Suhitch. Like Princess Suhitch. Check it out. Princess, you obviously know how to spell that. But the last name, S-U-G-E-H-I-T. Su, su, suj Hit. Suj Hit. Su, it sounds like Suhitch. But anyways... Uh, moving on. Uh, number 31 from Impact Wrestling, uh, Gis, Gis, Gazelle Shaw. I believe that's pronounced correctly. Uh, she had a match with Mickey James at Bound for Glory, I, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, if I remember that correctly here. Okay, and number 30. Number 30 is Tam Nakano. Tam Nakano. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we got that that part of the list out of the way. We are down to the 20s, if you can believe that or not. Now, number 29 is Shuko, Shuko Naka. I think I just, did I just mention that name? Oh, wait a minute. Okay, number 30 was uh, Tam Nakano. Okay, that's number 30. Number 29 is Shuko Nakajima. Shuko Nakajima, that's number 29. Uh, number 28 uh, from, well, I would say from AEW, but I think she's actually from Ring of Honor now. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she's currently the, uh, the um, Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Mercedes Martinez is on here. Incredible. Incredible that she's on this list. Above Makiito. 
Okay, just to get that out of the way. Number 27 is Mayu Wanta... What? What? Okay. Once again, pronouncing. Mayu. M-A-Y-U. Wantani. I-W-T... I... Wait, I-W... Oh, my God. I... W, where the, where the fuck did it, the shit keeps messing up here every single time I try to, okay, there we go, okay, all right, now, once again, let me pronounce this again, uh, I-W-A-T-A-N-E, Mayo I want T, Mayo I want T, I think that's correctly here. Okay, anyways, let's move on. The next name is a very familiar name. Uh, we mentioned Naomi earlier on the on there. Uh, we cannot forget her tag team partner, who is, um, as far as we know, it is a free agent. Number 26 is Sasha Banks. She, I, I would say she's currently in the WWE, but currently, like, technically she's really up in the air at this point, so we don't know exactly what's going on with her. Okay, number 25. Number 25 is the interim AEW Women's World Champion, Tony Storm. That's who in there. Number 24 is Alex Windsor. And number 23, and this is a personal favorite of mine from the NWA. She is currently the NWA World Women's Champion, Camille, who is undefeated and still holds on to this title for longer than any woman on the face of this fucking earth, and not to mention the fact that she is extremely attractive. Hell yeah, I'm digging it. <clears throat> okay, number 22 is uh, Miko Samora. Uh, she was she was the woman that was... Um, she was the NXT United Kingdom Women's Champion, and then she uh, had lost the championship to Mandy Rose... At the <clears throat> at the Worlds Collide event that took place in September. <clears throat> now, speaking of speaking of Mandy Rose, uh, she is actually on this list here. Twenty one, uh, a little bit more appropriate. I think she could go down the list just a little bit. Maybe number thirty, you know, just around there. You know, just to actually make sense of the whole situation. Okay, <clears throat> and number 20 is Yutami Habashita. Habashita, I think that's what it's pronounced correctly here. Okay, all right, so um, we've, got, we've got the list already down to the final 20, okay? So we're down to the final 20, and let's look at this list here, and it should be interesting here. Number 19, from Impact Wrestling, Deanna Perrazzo. How fucking awesome is that? Number 18, the current SmackDown Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey. Number 18. And, oh, this is interesting. Look who's above number 17. The former SmackDown Women's Champion, Liv Morgan. She's on there. Interesting is that. Okay, number 16 is Azam. And it's spelled A-Z-M. That's it. Number 15, Mickey James. That's interesting right there. Uh, 
Uh, number number 14, Masha Slamovich from Impact Wrestling. Uh, number 13, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD from AEW. Number 12 is Mayo Yamashita from, I believe that's Stardom. Number 11 is Tasha Steeles. And now we are down to the final 10. Now, <coughs> this is going to be interesting because I know the 10 is what everyone's going to be interested in here. Now, watch this. Some it, It'll make sense and others will not make any sense at all. Number 10, Taya Valkyrie, who is currently uh, one half of the World Tag Team Champions, World Women's World Tag Team Champions in Impact Wrestling. Number 9 is Starlight Kid, and I believe that's from Stardom. Number eight, Charlotte Flair. And and I hate to say this, but I think Charlotte Flair should have gone down the list a little bit here. I, I was thinking more the lines of the, the top 20, you know, down further around there. That would actually make a whole lot of sense if you know what I'm talking about. Number seven is Seiya, Kam- Seiya Kamitani. Uh, pff, that's interesting right there. That is uh, also from Stardom. Uh, number six from Impact Wrestling, the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Champion Jordan Grace. Okay, now we are down to the final five, and we're almost done with this segment here. And we're gonna go, we're gonna get right into this, if you will. You'll find this interesting right here. Okay, number five. From AEW, the TBS champion, Jade Cargill. Interesting there. Like it. Number four, Becky Lynch. Like that idea right there. Number three, the current AEW Women's World Champion, Thunder Rossage. She's at the top three. Number two, Bianca Belair. Ooh, that's interesting. And number one, number one on the full list of 2022 PWI Women's Wrestling 150 list, Sayuri, or Sayura, or what... Whoever the fuck this is. Okay. I've got a few minutes before I finish this off right here. Okay. So, immediately, you, you know what? I'm, I, I know some people have been, and, and some people were mentioning this on my Facebook. They were mentioning this on Twitter. Uh, these women are actually good, Furman, you know? And, and, and here's the problem with that. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows who they are. Here's the funny thing. I know Bianca Belair, I know Thunder Rosa, Becky Lynch, Jade Cargill, uh, Jordan Grace, uh, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte should be down the, down the list a little bit further here. You know, this is incredible. It's incredible how they put this list together of the women of, of all the pro wrestling. Now, who should I feel, who do I feel should be number one? Boy, it would be obvious. The one that's number two right now. How is it? That Bianca Belair, Bianca Belair is number two and she's not number one. 
She should be number one. I don't give a fuck when he was this. Look, Thunder Rosa, all due respect, doesn't deserve, does deserve the third spot, does deserve to be in the top 10, all right? Maybe she deserves to be maybe above Jordan Grace or maybe above Jade Cargill. I don't know. I don't think she deserves to be above Becky Lynch. I'm sorry. That's that's my that's my opinion. That's my thought. I'm not saying Thunder Rosa sucks. No, 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 no. I'm just looking at this as not only for star quality, but how many matches they've actually had. And think about this. Bianca, I'm sorry, Becky Lynch was at WrestleMania. Becky Lynch was a world champion or was a women's champion. She was on top. She was big time backs. Thunder Rosa just became champion this year. Was it this year? Yeah, it was this year. My fucking God. And, and this, list is, this list is so fucked up. And you know what's even what's even worse? I And I don't have anything. I don't have. I, I don't have anything against the stardom. Okay. I don't. I really don't. But if this was something that was actually done by promoters and and agents and others in that particular nature, stardom would not be at the very top. One of them, or maybe two of them, should be in the top ten. I see probably, let me see, let me see the top ten here. Uh, I think Starlight Kid. Yeah, there's like three of them. Yeah, there's three of them that are on the top 10, I think two of them should be somewhere a little bit lower, if you know what I mean. Uh, if one was the better of, of the two or the three that I just mentioned, then, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with that person being on the top 10. But above Bianca Belair, above Thunder Rose, above Becky, above uh, Jade Cargill, I, I, I would rather, you know, all due respect to Jade, I mean, because we know she's undefeated in every way possible, but my God. Jordan Grace above her? You out of your fucking Taya Valkyrie. Are you fucking serious? Taya Valkyrie, she, number 10, maybe. Five, I can agree upon that. I could agree upon that. Taya Valkyrie should be number five. That's my opinion. Charlotte Flair, lower. Lower, please. Yes, she headlined WrestleMania. Lower, please. Top 10, maybe. Top 20, much better. That sounds a little bit much better. Okay? Uh, but this is just a... It's it's not a fucked up list, is what is not... This is not the problem. The problem is, is that... And it's not like I... I, I, I obviously, I disagree with the list and the amount of people that are on there. There are certain ones that I do like that do deserve to be on a higher ranking while others are like, who are they? Who the fuck are they? And why are they on this list for? And should they be in a lower rank? Should they be under a hundred or above a hundred? Who should be at the top 50? You know, it's just incredible that I'm, I'm watching this. I'm looking at all this. I'm like, dude, are you fucking serious? This, this number, and, and just so people wonder what I'm talking about, the top 10 list on the, on the PW Insiders, uh, P, uh, PWI's Women's 150, this is the top 10. Let me repeat it one more time. Number 10, Taya Valkyrie. Number 9, Starlight Kid. Number, number uh, 8, Charlotte Flair. Number 7, 
Saya Kamita. Number six, Jordan Grace. Number five, Jade Cargill. Number four, Becky Lynch. Number three, Thunder Rosa. Number two, Bianca Belair. And number one, Syra, um, Syri. 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 I think that's what it's called. I don't know, but it's, it's just incredible. It, it is just incredible how, how I'm looking at this list and I'm saying to myself, my God, there's like at least a few people on this list that, I mean, who should, who should, re, who should be my top five? Here, who's, here's who I think should be. I think Bianca Belair should be there. Thunder Rosa should be there. Becky Lynch, definitely Jade Cargill. Uh, Jordan Grace, uh, maybe a little bit. Uh, I do not want to put Charlotte Flair on there for shit. That, and I'm not. I don't have anything against her, but I mean, she's only made a few appearances in the past few months until she left to get married and everything. Uh, let's see, Ty Valkyrie. I definitely want to put her on my top ten. Uh, let's see here, uh, Britt Baker. I don't know about her. Uh, Liv Morgan, perhaps. Uh, it's just crazy because. I'm looking at this list and I'm saying to myself, you put these women, I mean, some of these women, and look, I got nothing against stardom, okay? But why these women? Oh, they're pretty good for me. You used to see them in the ring. I bet you anything, if I look at it, I'll say to myself, really? For that? For that? Really? And trust me, I mean, there, there's going to be a lot, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of other people that will look at this and say, are you forgetting me? You're putting these women? These women on this list, I would have rather have kept. Uh, Bianca obviously should be number. Bianca should be number one, in my personal opinion. In my personal opinion, because she's a former women's champion, she has she's she has a lot of star power in her. Okay, she's well recognized in the women's division. She's she was a former SmackDown women's champion. She was a she's currently the Raw women's champion. She's one of the hottest acts in professional wrestling right now. One of the hottest acts in sports entertainment, and yet she's number two. She that, and honestly, I I I really don't see it. I really don't see it. I mean, you know, somebody's somebody's going to make an assumption of this. Thunder Rosa. I think she deserves to be number four and or four or five at least. That's just my opinion. I got like I said, I got nothing against her, but this is just nuts. Um. Becky Lynch, maybe five, maybe six, depending. Jade Cargill, I think should be somewhere under, under the top ten. I'm sorry. I mean, of Jade, even though she's undefeated, she's someone that has not been able. She hasn't improved just yet. I mean, she's still she's good with the fans. Obviously, she's learning every step of the way, and she's getting better. She is, but she deserves to be somewhere. A top 20, maybe. I don't know about top 10, but top 20, yes. And, uh, well, we're almost finished with the segment right here, but I want to go ahead and just uh, say this. I mean, if you had a chance to look at the PW, um, PW Women's 150, look at the list for yourself and tell me who you think should be at the at the top five. I, I think Bianca should be there. Thunder Rosa should be there. Becky Lynch. Uh I would eliminate Jade, uh, Jordan, maybe. Uh, eliminate Charlotte, Taya Valkyrie, maybe. Uh, Britt, nah, not Britt, Britt Baker. M maybe Mickey James. Maybe Liv Moore. Maybe Ronda Rousey. 
Uh, Deanna Peraza, I would have stick with her as well. Oh, Mandy Rose, I would not. I would not touch it. That would go down down the list further. But, yeah, get a chance to go down there. Look into the PW Women's 150 on the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You'll be able to see the magazine if I can order it. Uh, you can also order it online when you can. Uh, get a chance to look at the list. And if you have a comment or two to talk about, all you got to do is go over and send me an email. Send me a thought. Send me a thought about this because this... <laughs> this this is um this is a joke. I'm sorry. This this list is a complete fucking joke. I'm sorry.
Well, football season is here, and that means that everybody is going to be going to their house to go ahead and check out some of their favorite football teams, from the Dallas Cowboys to the Houston Texans to the San Francisco 49ers to the Green Bay Packers and much, much more. But why just be at your house and check out the football games? We can go ahead and head over to Rich's Billiards and check out the games themselves. As you guys know, most of the football games that take place on Mondays and Thursdays and Sundays. And if you guys want to go to either one of those dates, you can. All you got to do is head over to Rich's Billiards, go check out the game, order yourself some beer, order yourself some food, maybe shoot some pool with some friends and family in every way possible. Now, besides all that, you know that Rich's Billiards, not only do they have some great beers, some great food, some great company, but they also have some great, great events happening in the next few months. You know that in October, there's going to be a big event happening at Rich's Billiards that includes our good friends at Emo Night. And they are fixing to present their biggest Emo Night to date, which will take place live Saturday, October 15th. Be there as early as you can. It will take place live featuring several bands involving. And if you guys want to get there as early as you can, do so Saturday, October 15th. It should be one epic event. And with all that being said, besides all of those things that are going to happen, you can come in and check out some boxing, check out some football, check out some basketball, some baseball. We're getting closer and closer to the World Series. So if you guys want to check out the World Series, you can head over to Rich's Billiards and check out everything that happens at my favorite place of all time. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes, the legend continues. This episode is sponsored by the Main Event Talk Podcast. I am the Main Event Player, the Super Sea Kid himself, and I approve this message. Okay, so as you guys know earlier, I mentioned that uh, Crown Jewel is going to be happening tomorrow. Uh, This episode is being released today on a Friday. If you're hearing this in the afternoon, uh, there's a reason for that and everything. So let's go ahead and get right down to the list here and everything. Now, Crown Jewel is going to be taking place tomorrow. Okay, now for all of you that want to get a chance to watch it on Peacock, it's going to happen around, I would say, here in Texas... It says 12 p.m., so that means it'll probably start about 11 o'clock, which means that we'll probably we'll probably see it here at 11 o'clock. Uh, the countdown show will start about 10 o'clock, so I think that would that would make a whole lot of sense right there. So that works out perfectly. Okay, so <clears throat> so far, no new matches have been added that I'm aware of. Uh, there are eight matches, eight matches that will take place. And uh, we're going to go down the list here, and then we're going to give you, you know, my thoughts on who I think will win, who I think will lose at the Crown Jewel event. So let's start off with the bottom here. Now, it's not going to be in this random order, so I don't know, I don't know exactly what the first match is going to be. So this one's going to be a tag match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Alexa Bliss and Asuka, who are currently the champions, will take on damage control of Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Tag team match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. The Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso, will be defending their tag team titles against the Brawling Brutes, Rich Holland, and Butch. Last woman standing match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair to defend her championship against Bayley. Singles match, um, a ton of humanity in this one. 
Braun Strowman to go one-on-one against Omos with MVP in his corner. Inside of a 15-foot high steel cage will be Drew McIntyre to go one-on-one against Karrion Cross with Scarlett in his corner. And this one will be a battle uh, that I will never forget. These two have competed against each other at the Royal Rumble, and now this is pretty much a rematch from the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar going one-on-one against Bobby Lashley. Six-man tag team, uh, six-man tag team matching going to take place. The OC, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson to take on members of the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio, Rhea Ripley in their corner. And also in our main event for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. The champion, the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, alongside with the bloodline, will be, uh, will take on Logan Paul. And I've heard some rumors about Jake Paul being in his corner. Okay, now, <coughs> let's, take a, uh, let's take a moment to um, think about those matches for a moment. Okay, now... Uh, there are eight matches involved, so I'm guessing, this is my, this is my ultimate guess here. I'm thinking that one of these matches is probably going to be, uh, in the countdown show. If, if they do a countdown show, if they do a full one hour countdown show, the next 30 minutes will probably be one of these matches, so... If I were to make a prediction, let's see. Uh, I, I would actually, let's see. I would keep Lashley against Lesnar. I mean, I would Lashley against Lesnar. I would keep Drew. Uh, maybe Omos and Braun Strowman would probably be the kickoff show. Um, I would say the tag team championships, but I don't know. But if it's in the full pay-per-view, <clears throat> if it's just... If they do the whole countdown show in one hour and and then just go right straight to the matches, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine with that. But eight matches is pretty decent. Eight matches is pretty decent. My guess, it'll probably be around maybe four hours. Maybe four hours in the matchup. You know, we'll see how it goes. All right, so let's focus on this one. Let's focus on the women's tag team titles. Um, this past Monday, this past Monday on Raw, Alexa Bliss and Asuka made their return they issued a challenge to go after the women's tag team championships. And then all of a sudden, voila, they became brand new tag team champions. So they defeated Damage Control, taking the tag team titles. And before you know it, uh, now all of a sudden they are going to get their rematch. And that rematch is going to take place over at uh, Crown Jewel, which I think is the right call. I think it's the right call. Uh, I was not sure if they were going to do it or not. Now, now the only thing I'll tell you guys right now, I don't think, uh, I don't think Io Sky will have a problem with this because you know when I see her, she comes out in these, in this full body suit. So don't be surprised if you see all these women coming out in full body suits because of the fact that you know they're in Saudi Arabia. So you can understand that. But who will win this match? Um, if Damage Control takes the titles, it'll be too soon. I think, if anything, I think what should happen is 
I think we should see damage control. Hold on just a little bit. And maybe, just maybe go after the tag team titles, you know? Because you want this match to be extremely interesting at this point. Yes, they have the tag team titles. And yes, it's all set to where it needs to be at. But the way I see it is <clears throat> they're putting this... They're putting this all together, right? They're putting this all together to the point where they win the tag team titles. They were supposed to have won the tag team titles already, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen the way it was supposed to be. So now you're in a position to where now they are the tag team champions. And how, how you see it, how you see it goes a little something like this. You go ahead, you let Bianca Belair, no, I'm sorry, you let Asuka... And you let Alexa Bliss win the match, retain the tag team titles, and maybe somewhere, maybe in, we're November, so I'm guessing maybe wait until, um, I'm going to say maybe, maybe at the Rumble. Maybe at the Rumble you'll, you'll see damage control, maybe take the tag team titles. I, I don't know if that'll happen, but that's the way I see it. But as far as what's going to happen at Crown Jewel this Saturday goes... I think I think it would be best for Alexa and Oscar to still be the champions. You know, they've already won the they already won the titles on Raw. They already won the, won the titles on Raw, so there may be a good chance that you might see them retain the tag team titles against Damage Control. So expect expect Alexa Bliss, expect Oscar win the tag team titles. You know, let it happen, and then Damage Control will they probably will not get the tag team tag team title rematch but maybe in the next few months maybe they'll go about it but nonetheless i say alexa bliss and oscar to retain their tag team titles at crown jewel the brawling brutes and the usos for the tag team titles um this one is i'm gonna say it's a no-brainer <laughs> simply because it's the usos uh, I like the Brawling Brutes. I think they're a great. Ta uh, think they're great as a tag team, uh, but I don't really see them winning the titles. I think they they will probably have a 10, 15 minute match, depending. And I think the Usos will retain the tag team titles. Now, Sami Zayn is not going to be there, and the only reason why is because of of political issues and the fact that I think Sami Zayn is um, Canadian and. And I think, you know, that he is also... I think he's a Muslim. I could be wrong. I, I, I may be wrong. I don't know. There, But there's some sort of deal where Sammy does not want to be in Saudi Arabia. So, you can understand that. So, the Usos to retain the tag team titles at Crown Jewel against the Brawling Brutes. Next matchup, Bianca Belair going one-on-one -on -one against Bailey in the last woman standing match. Okay, there are a couple of scenarios that I heard from other people, so let me kind of get your feedback in this one. So they're mentioning that there's a possibility, obviously a possibility of damage control getting involved. There's also a possibility that the new tag team champions will be there to make sure nothing goes wrong. But what should happen is... To me, if there's going to be a new member of Damage Control, if there's going to be a new member, then you got to go ahead and reveal the new member and, and show it off right before, right before anything goes. Who knows? It could be Nikki Cross. 
she could be involved in this whole situation or it could be somebody else somebody else completely we don't know who exactly but we'll find out but as far as this goes you know I kind of wish that the match went exactly what I knew what would happen in Extreme Rules because I wanted to see Bianca Belair lose the title to Bailey because I think Bailey needs to be the champion. It it needs to happen. Not not that she doesn't deserve the opportunity to be the champion. It's one of those situations where you got to take the belt off her for a while in order for somebody else to carry it. Now, there'll be a point and there'll be a time where Bianca Belair is going to get her hands on the Raw Women's Championship, and no doubt that will probably take place at WrestleMania, but the question is, will Bailey will Bailey still be the champion before WrestleMania? That's that's kind of the question, but nonetheless, in this match I think we'll go I think we'll actually go with unless something changes, we'll go with Bailey. We'll go with Bailey. I think she'll I think she will walk away with the title. There may be a new surprise or not. There may be a trick of Bailey's sleeve in order to make sure that she becomes the champion. It's not going to be a surprise if damage control gets involved. It will not it will not even be a surprise if uh, the tag team champions Asuka and Alexa Bliss get involved in this whole situation. But nonetheless, if Bianca Belair wins the title, okay, then they must be setting up somebody else to come after her or something. Um, <clears throat> oh, and also, <coughs> also keep in mind, another person that has not been brought up yet, and I don't expect to see her over in Saudi Arabia, but she might make an appearance, we may see, either on Raw or at Crown Jewel, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Because what I see, and this is something else that I'm also thinking about, I'd like to see Charlotte Flair take on Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. That that's your money match right there. That's your that's your big time money match right there for WrestleMania if they set it up right. What I mean by that is if Charlotte, I know some people are gonna, are going to hate this idea, but follow along with me. If say if Bailey wins the championship and Charlotte gets involved, Charlotte could easily just take that championship away from Bailey. She could if she wants to. And if that happens, imagine Bailey, uh, imagine Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. That that could that that's money right there, because you got two very distinct workers, two very tremendous athletes, two very competitive women, and one that has way more experience than the other. And both have held on to championship gold. And both have both have had several of the best title defenses that they've had in years. So but once again I'm I'm stepping far beyond what I'm thinking right here. But in this match, like I said, I'm gonna go with Bailey. I'm gonna go with Bailey and I think she'll I think she'll win her match against Bianca Belair, either by a surprise or she'll do it on her own. Or damage control will be involved, which will not be a surprise. But we'll see how that rolls. Bailey to win and become the new Raw 
women's champion. This next match is going to be... It's going to be interesting here. It's going to be a battle of two giants. Omos and Braun Strowman. Um, this will be... Um, this will be interesting here because if they set this up the way I think they'll set it up, this match will probably be about 10 minutes. 10 minutes is all I could spare for this one. And I'm going to actually think that maybe uh, Braun Strowman would probably be the easiest person to, to win. Braun Strowman to win the match, no problem. But I don't know. I'm I'm really I'm really looking towards a no a, a disqualification, a double disqualification. Let me explain why. Because somehow you got these two massive men, you got these two big men, right? And I think. You want this match to mean something. I don't think a lot of people are going to like this match. I'm personally, I personally want to see this match just because of these two big men. Omos has a lot to be desired. Braun Strowman is a little bit more experienced, just a little bit more experienced than, uh, than Omos. But this will be interesting, Battle of the Big Men. Uh, I think Braun Strowman will probably win it. But I'm going to go with a double disqualification or double countout, however this goes. Because I don't think, I don't want to see Strowman beat Omos yet, unless it's by a countout or disqualification. I don't want to see Omos beat Strowman either, unless it's by countout or disqualification or by an interference of MVP. Either way, it's like I just want to see a double countout or double disqualification because you want this feud to continue. You want it to go further. You want it to go as far. You want it to go as far as you can. I mean, because look, let's face it. I know. I know a lot of people are not going to like it. And that's fine. That's how they want. That's how they want to do it. That's okay. I want to see it. In my personal opinion, I want to see how this goes, and I want to see how it ends. But either way, I'm I'm going to go with double disqualification or double countout. But I think it'll be kind of obvious if Braun Strowman wins. It'll be kind of obvious. <clears throat> the next matchup, steel cage match, Drew McIntyre taking on Karrion Cross. Um, <coughs> it's so funny how these two had went from one gimmick match to another, and if you had to have a one-on-one -on -one match, so here's my take on it: Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross a very good feud. I think at Extreme Rules, uh, I think I mentioned this. I think Karrion Cross was a different person. He's a different person in the main roster as opposed to what he was in NXT. I like that version of Karrion Cross. This version leads a lot to be desired. Leads a lot to be desired in many ways. Drew McIntyre, to me, is still a top guy. And he's still someone that should go after Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. But we will see. We will see how far this goes. But as far as how this steel cage match goes, <clears throat> I, I think we'll go with. 
I think we'll go with Drew McIntyre. I think he'll be able I think he'll be able to have an advantage over carrying cross. Hopefully if Scarlett does not get involved. Hopefully if Scarlett does not get involved at all whatsoever. But it wouldn't surprise me if that took place. I mean she's gonna get involved either way possible. Also, now now here's also another bad thing. I mean, even though Scarlett is gonna come out looking sexy and looking beautiful, will she be there in Saudi Arabia is the question. Not not that not that she should not be there, but once again, you have to remember of the, the of everything that happens over in Saudi Arabia, especially when it comes to the women. The women have to have to be properly clothed. So that means Scarlett's going to look I mean she's going to look sexy, but unfortunately she's going to look how she's going to look. But it, but it wouldn't surprise me if she won't be there. Leading to Drew McIntyre to win the match against Karrion Cross. But we'll see how that goes. But I think Karen Cross won at Extreme Rules. At Crown Jewel, I think Drew McIntyre needs to win. To escalate this feud even further and go to an even greater height. You know what I'm saying? But we'll see how this goes. I'll go with Drew McIntyre to go up against Karen Cross in the steel cage. I think Drew will beat him. It'll probably last about maybe a good 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, depending. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I think it'll work out just fine. Drew McIntyre to win over Karrion Cross. Steel cage match, crown jewel. Next matchup, battle of MMA fighters. Uh, we saw these guys compete against each other at the Royal Rumble this year. And now they're competing against each other. But this time, no titles are on the line. It's a personal grudge. This is a big time match. A big time match in many ways, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Brock Lesnar to go one on one against Bobby Lashley. Now, in the first match that they had at the Royal Rumble, Bobby Lashley won, retained his WWE Championship, but it was all because of the interference of Roman Reigns. Now, Bobby Lashley was scheduled to defend his championship in Saudi Arabia and Elimination Chamber. But due to injury, Bobby Lashley could not continue. So he was taken out for a while, but then he returned. <clears throat> so that was the last time we saw Bobby Lashley as WWE Champion. And that was the last time we would see Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley in the same ring. Now, I said a while back, that if they ever decide to have a big match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, Bobby Lashley is your opponent. Bobby Lashley is the perfect opponent in this one. Now, in this case, this is going to be good here. Here's, here's why. What needs to happen, let, let's, let's call it like we see it. If people are expecting Brock Lesnar to win, okay. You expect Brock Lesnar to win, that's fine. That's how, unfortunately, it's going to go. But... But I always feel that Bobby Lashley just has a little bit more, <clears throat> a little bit more on the edge than Brock Lesnar. Now, <clears throat> to give you an idea, now let me give you a scenario that I think you'll like. We've already had the Royal Rumble. Now we're at Crown Jewel. Now say Brock Lesnar wins. Say Brock Lesnar wins against Bobby Lashley. You're going to turn Bobby Lashley into a heel right away. 
<clears throat> and that's something that I, I personally don't want. I don't want to see him become a baby face or heel. I'm sorry, just yet. Maybe somewhere down the road, maybe, but it's too soon. And it's funny how the fans one minute were behind Bobby Lashley, and now they're behind Brock Lesnar, which I can understand why. Because I think Bobby, I think Brock Lesnar is just a little bit more popular than than Bobby Lashley. Now, in this scenario, say Bobby Lashley loses to Brock Lesnar, you're going to end the feud, and you're going to end the feud just like that. And then where does and and then where does Brock go from here? Nowhere, because he just ended a feud. He just and and yes, it's a one a one uh, one for Brock, one for Bobby. You see that, right? Kind of like the whole thing with Goldberg and... Um, <clears throat> kind of like the whole thing with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. That's kind of how you see it. But for me... Now, let me go further. If you for, you end the feud, it's finished, it's over. Well, it's, it's going to escalate further, obviously. It's going to escalate further to something. But let me tell you what I think will it be. I'm going to go ahead and give away the, give away the win anyway. I think Bobby Lashley should beat Brock Lesnar. But if that happens, a lot of fans are not going to like that. But if the finish turns out how it's supposed to be and Brock Lesnar loses to Bobby Lashley, it will look good for Brock and it would look good for Lashley. Now, let me go further. Let me go further with this. Two wins over Brock Lesnar and... The next time they meet, is it, let's say they meet at the Royal Rumble. Let's say they meet at the Royal Rumble over in San Antonio. They will blow the roof off. And I'm not talking about a one-on-one match. I'm talking about the Rumble itself. They will tear the roof off if they were both in the same ring at the same time. Now, what you do is you put those two in the Rumble. If they both get eliminated, cool. They don't need to win for the WWE Championship. Let that go to somebody else. You let this feud, you escalate it further, you bring it to WrestleMania. You bring it to WrestleMania, you put Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. And they have said that they're going to do away with some of these gimmick pay-per-views. I say put Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, third match... Hell in a cell. That would be interesting there. Because what I'm looking for is big money matches. I'm looking for something that will go further. Now, Brock Lesnar lost to Bobby Lashley the first time. Bobby Lashley needs to win against Brock Lesnar. And it has to happen. Because if Brock wins... It's going to look good for Lashley. It's it's not going to look good for Lashley. The fans will turn on him in an instant. Now, if Bobby wins, he'll be able to recapture the fans. And Brock will make this look good. He will. He will make this match between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, make it look good at Crown Jewel, get it to the point it'll probably be a maybe 10, 15-minute match, right? An all-out brawl. They'll they'll use all sorts of submission on each other. They'll probably you know use their MMA background. They're gonna tear that fucking ring apart. You almost see that coming. Now, if it ends up a no countout, 
that would be an interesting finish. But it would also lead to a point where, I don't know, I wouldn't agree upon that, you know. But like I said, my finish would be let Bobby win, let him beat Brock Lesnar, let Brock be pissed and let him go after Bobby Lashley in the next few months until they get to the Rumble. And when they get to the Rumble, they'll fight again. And then after the Rumble, they'll fight off at WrestleMania and then fought off one more time, but this time make it hell in the cell. That would be a better scenario. That would be a better scenario. So to conclude this part, I think Bobby Lashley should win over Brock Lesnar. That needs to happen. That need, because if Brock beats Bobby Lashley, that's not going to look good for Lashley at all. The fans will turn on him. The fans will turn on him completely. They need If they want Bobby Lashley to still remain a babyface, they need to let him win. Let it be convincing. Let it look good. Let Brock be Brock, but let Brock lead you, guide you to where you need to go, and voila, Brock loses to Bobby Lashley. It becomes headline news. You get it further down the road, and you got yourself a money-making match at WrestleMania. You got Bobby Lashley. You got Brock Lesnar. Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania. You can't ask for anything bigger than that. Mark my words. That will happen. Mark my words, that will happen. So I'm going to go with Bobby Lashley in this one. Okay, now, six-man tag team matchup here, the OC to take on the Judgment Day. Um, the biggest problem in this match, obviously because it's a six-man match, um, the Rhea Ripley factor. Now, will, you know, they... Some people have been predicting that the Judgment Day would win, should win. But in my eyes, I really don't want to see that happen, right? But then at the same time, as I'm, as I'm looking through this and as I'm understanding how all this is rolling, I think it should happen. Now, let me, get, let me give you a scenario, a scenario here. I think the OC should win over the Judgment Day. If a surprise comes along for the ride. Here's why I say that. The OC and the Judgment Day are bound to have a feud somewhere in the Survivor Series. Okay? It may happen. Who knows? But as far as, uh, you know, we, we are thinking about Survivor Series. We are thinking about what's going to happen um, at War Games because that's going to be coming soon. But we'll see how this goes. But I think the OC... I think the OC should win, but for some odd reason, I have this feeling the Judgment Day is going to win. Now, think about this for a moment. I think the OC and the Judgment Day, and they've been talking about this for a while now, I think the OC and the Judgment Day will probably take each other on at War Games to Survivor Series. Now, let me, let me kind of put the teams together here. You got Finn Balor, you got Damian Priest, and you got Dominic Mysterio. Those three, and if they want to add Rhea Ripley to it, they can. Now, in this one, I think it should be AJ Styles, 
maybe Luke or Carl in, in this one, Luke, Luke Gallows or Carl Anderson. And then maybe, maybe Edge if he, if he comes back from injury. But we'll see how this rolls. But I think also an important factor here, the Rhea Ripley factor. Who should be involved? Some people have been saying Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, they've been saying that. But I also should feel that you ha- also have the Beth Phoenix factor. We have not seen Edge. We have not seen Beth Phoenix in a while. But no doubt they'll probably make an appearance either either on Crown Jewel or we may see them the following night on Monday Night Raw. But we shall see how all that goes down. So my prediction would be the OC will win it. But I think the Judgment Day will pull off the win because of Rhea Ripley. It's easy as that. So... I say the OC, but it seems like it's going to be the Judgment Day. You almost see that coming, and you know how it's going to roll. So, the Judgment Day to win over the OC. I think that's what will happen. I, I, I still say the OC, but I think the Judgment Day has got the better call in this one. But we'll see if any surprises happen. If any surprises will be involved. Now, obviously we're going to go to the last match, but before we do, there is one factor that, uh, that needs to be addressed here. Um, Bray Wyatt is supposed to make an appearance over at the Crown Jewel event. Um, Speculation as to who this Uncle Howdy could be. It could be Bray Wyatt himself, or it could be Bo Dallas. There's a lot of people that have been talking about that so far. So my guess is... And I may get into detail further about this later on, about this whole thing with Bray Wyatt. (coughs) I think we'll probably see the appearance of of Dr. I'm sorry, Uncle Howdy will probably be Bo Dallas. It will probably be Bo Dallas. If it's if it's Bray Wyatt himself, it'll probably be crazy, but we'll see how that scenario goes. We'll see how that rolls. But nonetheless, I mean we're we'll see how this happens with Bray Wyatt. Will Uncle Howdy make an appearance? How will this work? And uh, will they show this at the end of the show? That's that's uh, that's an even bigger question right there. Okay. So now let's get to the main event. Let's get to the final match. Roman Reigns taking on Logan Paul for the WWE, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Now, it's easy. It's safe to say that Roman Reigns is going to win. It's very safe to say that. Now, last week, Jake Paul... Jake Paul was not involved in this, but last week Jake Paul was involved in a boxing match against Anderson Silva, which he won by unanimous decision. Now, in this case, this is going to be interesting because Logan Paul is a media sensation. Jake Paul is also a media sensation as well. Roman Reigns is the undisputed champion along with the bloodline is the hottest thing going in all of WWE right now. Now, the big question that remains in this situation is, 
do we see Logan Paul winning over Roman Reigns? I think there's going to be a knockout punch. I think it may happen. And also what I think will happen is somehow Roman Reigns will still retain the Universal Championship. Now, here is... There's several crazy ways to see this. Obviously, Roman Reigns is going to win this match. You almost see that coming. Now, how this is going to work? How will Jake Paul play into this? How will the bloodline play into this? How will all this factor? We don't know. We, we're, we're all in the dark at this point. But how do, how do I want to set it up? You get Logan Paul and Roman to have at least about a good five, a match about five to ten minutes. You get the Usos to get involved. Jake Paul, Jake Paul will obviously be involved because he has to. Now, get the point where you get Logan Paul because they kept mentioning about the titanium screws in his in his arm, right in his hand. So if they mention that and he lays out Roman Reigns, let that happen. Let that happen while he's on the outside. Do that. Lay out Roman Reigns, but lay him out outside. And then try to get him on the inside, and then the Usos will get involved and somehow interfere in this match, allowing Roman Reigns to win the match. Now, either way possible, however this works... I don't see Logan Paul winning unless he somehow wins by disqualification or counter like what happened with uh, Seth Rollins. I mean, that could that could lead to something that could lead to something. But we shall see how this rolls. But either way possible, I think in this matchup, obviously, Roman's going to win it. But if it ends up Logan Paul winning, I don't see him walking away with the WWE Championship. I think Logan Paul will have some kind of idea as to what he's going to do for this match. I think even himself, I think even himself knows that he doesn't want to try to win the WWE Championship. Now, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that 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 Logan Paul shouldn't should not think that way, but in the minds of the fans, you got to make Logan, Logan Paul has got to make you believe that he's going to become champion, that he's going to beat him, that he's going to take him down no matter what. But Logan Paul has to be smart enough to reel the fans in. I know that I know a whole lot of fans do not like him. There are some that do. Believe it or not, there are some that actually do. Reel it in, have them order the pay-per-view, and then it will be so big that if Logan Paul were to somehow manage to find a way to beat Roman, it'll be amazing. But I don't think it will happen. There's going to be a couple of close calls. You'll see that coming. There'll be a couple of close calls where Logan Paul will have the tribal chief in his possession until something goes wrong and Roman Reigns is still alive in the match. So once again, I say Roman Reigns is walking away with both championships. Logan Paul... If he beats Roman, it's it's got to be by either count out or disqualification. That's the only way. I don't think they will do that, but 
if if they do that, that would look good for Logan Paul in some ways. And it will also look good for Roman Reigns because he'll still be the champion right after all this is over. Now, if they do a rematch, if they do a rematch, here's here's my call. Here's my call on this one. If they do a rematch, say if Logan Paul wins against Roman Reigns and and Logan Paul beats him, but not for the title. If Logan wins, you get Roman Reigns, you get Logan Paul, you get those two in a rematch and take place at the Royal Rumble. And you have your match for the Royal Rumble set up. Just like that. Now, like I said, Roman will still be champion, no matter what. But I say, have Logan Hall win. Have Logan Hall win by disqualification or by countout, however it rolls. Just to keep the storyline looking good. That's how I'm looking at it. So, I said Roman will walk, will walk away, will somehow win this match. But I think Roman should lose, but he should not lose the title. I think it needs to be Logan Paul's night. It needs to be his time, but it needs to be his time where he beats the Tribal Chief either by disqualification or by countout. Just like that. And then you get those two to compete against each other in a rematch at the Royal Rumble. That, that's how you fix it up. That's how you set it up. Right. If you have to set up a precedence for Survivor Series between the bloodline and Logan Paul's camp, that's fine. Logan Paul's camp, that's fine. However, it works. Point is, Roman Reigns is still going to be the champion, but I think Logan Paul should win either by countout or by disqualification. I think that's how it's going to go. So the scenario here is Roman, if he wins, which will not be a surprise, he will retain his titles. But... If Roman Reigns loses to Logan Paul, it needs to be by disqualification or by countout. Okay? Tribal Chief gets upset, but he won't be that upset because he's still the champion. But we'll have to see what happens. But like I said, Roman becoming cha- winning the championship will not be a surprise. It'll be the same old stuff we do. But I think the WWE will be smart enough to change that up a little bit and let Logan Paul get that win. Get get the big surprise for everybody, you know? I mean, it'll be a cheap victory, but it'll be a victory nonetheless. It will be a victory nonetheless, and people will want to see a rematch between Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. You get, like I said, you get those two to have a rematch at the Royal Rumble, and then the scenario will be back to Roman Reigns, still universal champion, defeats Logan Paul simple as that that's how you want to do it so that's pretty much the entire full card of crown jewel so that should be interesting so kind of so to kind of go down the list here that's my that's my laptop right there to kind of go down the list one more time let's get right into it right here wwe women's tag team championships alexa bliss and asuka will defend against damage control of Dakota Kai and Io Sky. The undisputed WWE tag team titles will be on the line as the Usos, Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso, will defend against the brawling brutes of Ridge Holland 
and Butch. Last woman's standing match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. It's going to be Bianca Belair taking on Bailey. A singles match between two gigantic men. Braun Strowman to take on Omos. Steel cage match. Drew McIntyre taking on Karrion Cross with Scarlett in his corner. Brock Lesnar to go one-on-one against Bobby Lashley in a huge grudge match. Six-man tag team matchup. The OC to take on the Judgment Day. And, of course, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns to defend his championship against Logan Paul. The bloodline will be in Roman Reigns' corner, while Jake Paul will be in Logan Paul's corner. It's all going to happen tomorrow night. Crown Jewel on Peacock. Get it as early as you can. The event will start right around the afternoon time over here in Corpus Christi, Texas. Wherever you're at, you'll probably you'll probably see it in the morning or you'll probably see it in the afternoon. But we'll see how it goes. Crown Jewel to take place live tomorrow night only on Peacock. Get it as early as you can. Okay, so earlier we went ahead and brought the wrestling news to you from... Thursday, November 3rd, and now let's go ahead and get into some current news uh, that came out earlier today, so we're going to present it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast, once again from the Wrestling News, from the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network, here's Mike Sempervini with the Wrestling News for Friday, November 4th. Arcadian Vanguard presents the Wrestling News in your daily wrestling newscast for Friday, November 4th, 2022. Good morning, I'm Mike Sempervivi. We begin today with more information on WWE Crown Jewel. As WWE prepares to move forward with its premium live event tomorrow in Riyadh in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, the company has been in communication with the U.S. State Department with regards to the impending threat of attack by Saudi Arabia by Iran, according to PW Insider. WWE has reportedly been informed that the Riyadh area is not in close proximity to where the possible attack is believed to be targeted. According to sources within the company, private security firms had already been contacted and security protocols put into place by WWE even before the threat was made known. Both Paul Levesque and Stephanie McMahon will personally be on hand to oversee the event, and it was also reported by PW Insider yesterday that Jake Paul is scheduled to be in Riyadh for Crown Jewel, accompanying his brother Logan, who is challenging Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal title in the main event. In ratings news, AEW Dynamite drew its smallest audience in three and a half months, with 911,000 viewers tuning in for Wednesday night's live episode on TBS, from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena in Baltimore, according to Showbuzz Daily. That number is down 8.62% from last week's show. The rating in the key 18-49 to year-old demographic was 0.29, down from last week's 0.32, and the lowest key demo for a regularly scheduled airing of Dynamite since June 15th, according to WrestleNomics. However, even with that number, the show still managed to come in at number three on cable TV in the demo for the evening, up from number five last week. This week's Dynamite overall viewership was the lowest for a regularly scheduled episode since the Fighter Fest Night 2 on July 20th. 
Post Wrestling reported that in Canada, Dynamite on TSN2 averaged approximately 93,700 viewers and 46,500 in the 25 to 54-year-old demographic. In WrestleMania news, WWE has announced a full slate of events for WrestleMania week in Los Angeles. Prior to WrestleMania 39 itself, which takes place on Saturday, April 1st and Sunday, April 2nd at SoFi Stadium, the weekend will kick off Friday night with SmackDown at the Crypto.com Arena. The 2023 Hall of Fame ceremony will take place later that evening in the same arena, similar to what WWE did for last year's ceremony. NXT Stand and Deliver will also emanate from the Crypto.com Arena on April 1st, prior to the start of WrestleMania that evening. And the four days of events will conclude with Monday Night Raw on April 3rd, also at the Crypto.com Arena. With some more WWE news, here's the Wrestling News' Luke Hippelman. Three new TV projects in development were revealed by WWE co-CEO Nick Khan during the company's Wednesday earnings call, including a reality series involving Bianca Belair and Montez Ford, which is currently in production. The eight-episode series will premiere next year on Hulu. Also announced was a Spanish-language comedy series called Contra las Cuerdas, or Against the Ropes, being produced by WWE Studios and targeted for a winter 2023 release on Netflix. The scripted 10-episode show will reportedly tell the story of an aspiring female luchador and will be carried exclusively in Mexico. And coinciding with the company's new streaming deal with African media company Showmax TV, a talent search series is scheduled to be filmed in Nigeria, with WWE recruiters heading there next week. It is not known if the show will air outside of Africa. For the Wrestling News, I'm Lou Kippelman. In Impact Wrestling News, Mike Bailey and PJ Black both advanced in the X Division Championship Tournament in matches that aired last night, but were taped on October 21st at Samstown in Las Vegas. Bailey defeated Kenny King in a tournament match that aired as part of Impact on Access TV. Bailey using his other leg to keep on fighting. Shoulders down, shoulders down. Oh, and Bailey got King! Here is your winner, Speedball, Mike Bailey! Earlier in the night, P.J. Black beat Yuya Uemura in a match that aired on the Before the Impact YouTube show. Black Taurus and Trey Miguel also both advanced in matches that aired last week. The finals to determine the new X Division champion will take place November 18th at the Overdrive pay-per-view. The title was vacated last month by Frankie Kazarian. Also appearing on Impact TV last night was Big Connor, formerly one half of WWE's Ascension Tag Team. Connor took part in a segment in which he and Alan Angels attacked Sammy Callahan during his match with Eric Young. Connor had last appeared in Impact for a January 21st TV taping. The Ascension was let go by WWE in April of 2019. And turning to Japan, Stardom ran their Kinsai Stardom pay-per-view yesterday at the Hiroshima Sun Palace. In the main event, Suri Kondo defeated Micah to make the ninth defense of her World of Stardom title, which is the company's top championship. It was announced following the match that Utami Hayashishida would be Suri's next challenger. Mayu Iwatani defeated Alpha Female Jazzy Gaber before vacating the SWA championship. 
Iwatani said she was doing so in order to concentrate on her upcoming IWGP Women's World Title Tournament final against Kyrie on November 20th. Other championship matches on Thursday's show saw Sayakami Itani make the 10th defense of her Wonder of Stardom title, defeating Mina Shirakawa, and Tam Nakano and Natsupoi retained the Goddess of Stardom tag team titles with a win over former champions Black Desire, Momo Watanabe, and Starlight Kid. And before we leave you today, we'd like to remind you that however you consume your content, you can find the wrestling news 24 hours a day and 7 days a week across social media. On Twitter, follow us at Wrestling News AV. Our Facebook page is also Wrestling News AV. The Wrestling News can also be found on the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube page. And for those who utilize Amazon Echo devices, just tell Alexa to play the Wrestling News podcast. And remember to make sure you add podcast at the end. Once again, for daily updates, breaking news, and more, follow the Wrestling News across social media. And that's the news for today. If anything happens, we will be here to tell you about it. No clickbait, no paywall, just the wrestling news. The Wrestling News is a division of Arcadian Vanguard, and the Wrestling Newscast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Thank you very much, Mike Simbervini, for the news. And thank you very much, Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network, for the wrestling news. And as I always say, if you want to subscribe and listen to the wrestling news every single day and every single morning, all you got to do is subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast to find out the latest wrestling news, whether you hear it from... You know, the news about AEW, news about WWE, news about New Japan Pro Wrestling, NWA, and others in that particular nature. The Wrestling News will cover that for you and much, much more. So get a chance to listen to it on the Arcadian, Ar- Ar- I'm sorry, on the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. And as I said before, subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast for the latest wrestling news. And much more. When the main event returns, we're going to get right into the press conference that took place earlier earlier today to conclude this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast to get ready for tomorrow night's crown jewel. It was epic with a couple of big surprises that came along the way and a couple of shockers that you may want to know about right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. So stay tuned. We are not done yet by a long shot.
So we're getting closer and closer to the conclusion of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Now, earlier today, uh, earlier today, the Main Event went ahead and gave you my predictions on everything that's going to go down at Crown Jewel tomorrow night. Everything from the WWE Universal Championship match to the confrontation between Omos and Braun Strowman to Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley to the Steel Cage match to the Women's Championship match and the whole nine yards. Now, right here, an exclusive exclusive right here on the main event talk podcast if you guys had an opportunity to see it on youtube you know what i'm talking about but now right here on the main event talk podcast you are gonna listen to the entire press conference that took place earlier today over in saudi arabia everyone was at hand everyone from braun Strowman was there omos was there uh, I believe Damage Control was there. Bianca Belair, the new women's tag team champions, Alexa Bliss and Asuka. And then, of course, we had Logan Paul and Roman Reigns alongside with Paul Heyman over at the press conference. And a surprise that came along with this entire press conference. You'll hear that at the very end of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get right into it. The press conference at Crown Jewel that took place earlier today. And now, WWE presents the Crown Jewel Press Conference.
Welcome everybody to the crown jewel of the desert. Welcome to the capital city of Saudi Arabia. This is Riyadh. And welcome everyone to Riyadh season, where WWE is so glad and honored to be a part as we present WWE Crown Jewel tomorrow live from Marsul Park Stadium right here in Riyadh. Hello everybody and welcome. How excited are you all for WWE Crown Jewel? I'd like to welcome all the media, all the fans in attendance, and all those watching around the world on WWE's social media channels and Shahid Social as well here in the Middle East. Tomorrow, of course, is WWE Crown Jewel. You can watch it on Shahid here in the Middle East, of course, on Peacock in the United States, and on the WWE Network around the entire world world. We have an unbelievable card for Crown Jewel, which we will get into here at our WWE Crown Jewel press conference. Many of the superstars that are involved in this show tomorrow will be joining you here live tonight. But without further ado, I would like to welcome WWE's Chief Content Officer, Paul Triple H Levesque and WWE Chairwoman and Co-CEO, Stephanie McMahon. to be here in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, especially as a part of Riyadh season. We are all excited as we prepare for what will be an incredible show tomorrow night taking place at Marsul Stadium right behind us. Beginning with our first event here back in 2018, we have looked forward to returning and putting on massive spectacles viewed by millions around the world and to have the opportunity to showcase this beautiful country. Tomorrow night will be a night to remember at Crown Jewel. WWE would like to sincerely thank the King, the Crown Prince, His Excellency, and all the wonderful teams here in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for their continued partnership and friendship. And now, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, His Excellency. Beyond imaginations. أهلا وسهلا بكم 
شكرا 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 has become part of the Riyadh season, which we see across the world by millions of people. Today, it has been such a great place, destination, where so many global competitions are being held in Riyadh to attract the best shows across the world. This is all won't be made possible without the great support by the custodian of the two holy mosques, King Salman bin Abdulaziz, and our own inspirational source, His Royal Highness Crown Prince Prince Mohammed bin Salman bin Abdulaziz, the first inspirational source to have more competition games. We have achieved so many competitions and games with WWE and tomorrow we have such a great day with a big show this year. We have Logan Ball, which is the first time to have come to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to be part of the plan with the entertainment that has come into play the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia with so many surprises yet to come. We will continue all ways to make entertainment industry one of its own kind. We have in that season so many games, so competitions, and everyone will have a place, time to share. I am the most one who is very much excited, and I'm calling everyone to enjoy this great time. Thank you very so much. Your attention is highly appreciated. We have a gift for His Excellency because the highest honor in WWE is to be a WWE champion. And no one is a bigger champion for WWE and the kingdom than His Excellency. I wanted to take it on the arena, not here on the press conference. Go to the conference, Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Beyond imaginations. it so much here in Saudi Arabia. Thank you, Steph. Uh, thank you to the King, the Crown Prince, and His Excellency for our wonderful partnership here in this kingdom. It's always a privilege for us to be here in Saudi Arabia in front of all of you. And frankly, every time that I'm here, I am reminded of just how big the WWE Universe is. As someone who stepped through the ropes in the WWE and competed on this stage here, it truly feels, you can feel it in the air. It is like being here for WrestleMania. The energy that all of you provide is off the charts. And after talking to some of the superstars here today, like Braun Strowman, 
like almost oh. Bianca Belair, yeah. Bailey, yeah. Logan Paul, yeah. and the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. I know all of them feel the same way. They were incredibly excited to get here and they cannot wait to perform for all of you tomorrow. Tomorrow is our eighth event here as part of our partnership with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. That number is incredible to me. It seems like just yesterday we were coming here for the first time. The energy that the fans here bring to our show rivals the most passionate fans anywhere in the world. We truly love coming here to perform for you. And that, all of you, and the reaction that you give us is what makes these shows so special. Looking back at where our partnership started, and more importantly, where our partnership is going, I have only one question for all of you. Saudi Arabia, are you ready? Well, let's get this started. Thank you. Well, Triple H asked the question, are you ready for WWE Crown Jewel, which gets underway in just a little more than 24 hours from now? Let's take a look at the matches that will dominate Crown Jewel. First, locked inside a steel cage, where the only way you win is via pinfall or submission or escape. Will this rivalry finally conclude between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross at Crown Jewel? Also, the East OC has a Rhea Ripley problem. The OC take on the Judgment Day in a six-man tag team matchup. It is definitely a battle between two giants. How much do they weigh? We're going to find out their actual weight later on here tonight. The monster of all monsters, Braun Strowman, against the Nigerian giant, Omos. How about the brand new? WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Asuka and Alexa Bliss defend in a rematch against Damage Controls, Dakota Kai and Io Sky. The Usos put their near record-setting run of holding the tag team titles on the line tomorrow night. Jimmy and Jay of the Bloodline defend against the Walling Roots, Rich Holland, and Butch. It takes place live for all the gold tomorrow night at Crown Jewel. For the first time ever in Saudi Arabia, a last woman standing match. You win the match when you incapacitate your opponent so they can't reach their feet by a count of 10. Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Bailey. And back down the hatches and reinforce the ring. The Beast, Brock Lesnar, takes on the almighty Bobby Lashley one-on-one. -on -one. 
here in Riyadh tomorrow night. And in our main event, can Logan Paul hit one lucky punch and pull off the biggest upset in not only professional wrestling, but sports history when Logan Paul takes on Roman Reigns looking to end the near historic title reign from the tribal chief. It's Roman Reigns, Logan Paul, one-on-one -on -one for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship tomorrow night here in Riyadh at Crown Jewel. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our first guest who is a competitor tomorrow at Crown Jewel. She is the current Raw Women's Champion. She is the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair. I'm on my own. Joining her, her friends, her allies, and the brand new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Crown Jewel. I guess you guys are ready for Asuka. Asuka and Alexa tomorrow at Crown Jewel will defend their tag team titles against two-thirds of damage control. Dakota Kai and Io Sky and Bianca Belair. Defends her Raw Women's Championship in a last woman standing match against Bailey. Please welcome Damage Control. <laughs> Damage Control. You. Yeah. We got the power, we got the rage. Control the stage, control the cage. We got the power, we got the rage. Champion Bianca Belair for some comments on her 
historic last woman standing match tomorrow night against Bailey. Well, first and foremost, I'm so excited to be here. This is my third time in Saudi Arabia, but this time I will be facing Bailey in a last woman standing match. How about that? And all I can really say is, after that match, I'm going to be the last woman standing. And we all can say together, and still, the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Nah. Ooh. Ooh. Is it my turn? Yes, Bailey, if you care to, uh, to respond. Thank you all so much. Wow. <laughs> See, Cole, that's the type of respect I deserve. Well, Bianca, it's an honor to have this match in Saudi Arabia against you, one of the greatest Raw Women's Champions in history. But let's not forget, I have successfully defended a Women's Championship in Saudi Arabia in the past, so let's see if we can say the same about you tomorrow night, okay? Oscar, <laughs> Alexa, would you care to uh, talk about your tag team title match uh, tomorrow night? I think that's really all the answer that you need. I think everyone's ready for us to defend these titles and walk out of Saudi Arabia still women's tag team champions. Okay, okay, okay. The main control is not ready for Alexa and Oscar. <laughs> so at Dakota and EO, uh, you lost the tag team titles to Alexa and Asuka this past Monday night on Raw. I'm sure the defeat is still stinging. How do you uh, prepare for tomorrow to take your tag team titles back? Honestly, look at the side plates on those titles. They still say damage control. So tomorrow we will be taking those back and then we'll be back where they belong, around our waist, plus the Raw Women's Championship. <laughs> I will take back my title. I mean, our title. True. So now we'd like to take the opportunity now for uh, to bring Alexa and Asuka over here and also Io and Dakota and either side of Triple H for a photo opportunity before their big match tomorrow. ladies and good luck tomorrow night in your tag team championship match and now we would like to bring the raw women's champion bianca belair and her challenger tomorrow night bailey for a photo opportunity with triple h
Thank you, everybody. Good luck tomorrow night in an historic last woman standing match. Coming up next, a battle of the Giants. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here as a part of Riyadh season. We're in the capital city of Riyadh, getting set for WWE Crown Jewel tomorrow night. And this is the official WWE Crown Jewel press conference again. Thank all of you for being here and being a part of this here tonight. You know, we've speculated a lot over the uh, past number of weeks on both Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown about the actual weight of the competitors in this colossal collision tomorrow at Crown Jewel between the monster of all monsters, Braun Strowman, and the Nigerian giant, Omas. How much do these two massive men actually weigh? We are going to find out right now here at the press conference. And without further ado, please welcome the Nigerian giant, Omas. Nonetheless, first Omas, any remarks you would care to make toward your opponent tomorrow night? Tomorrow I crown you. The Nigerian giant will show the world that there's only one room for one giant, and that's me. Y'all can boo all y'all want, but remember this, remember this. Monsters are not real, but giants are.
Broncos. Saudi Arabia, I love you first and foremost. This is the biggest challenge that I've ever had in my entire life. I've never stepped foot in front of a human being this big. It is very obvious that Omos is bigger than me. But tomorrow at Crown Jewel, you're going to find out that I'm the baddest one in the building, baby. Let's go! So ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna wait, make my way over to the uh, official scale now for the official weigh-in for Omas and Braun Strowman. So ladies and gentlemen, this is the official scale for the official weight for tomorrow's clash between these two giants. First, I'd like to invite the Nigerian giant Omas over to the scale to step on to get his official weight for the event tomorrow night. I'm not sure if you heard Braun, but Braun just told Omas he wants to uh, know how much he weighs so he can uh, pick up Omas and press him over his head tomorrow night. Stepping up on the scale now is Omas. And the official weigh-in for Omas for tomorrow night... 416.6 pounds, 416 pounds for Omas. Now I'd like to welcome Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman to the scale. Braun Strowman's official weigh-in for tomorrow night. 335 pounds, 335 pounds! So again, the official numbers for tomorrow night's clash. Omas, 416 pounds. Braun Strowman, 335 pounds. And now a photo opportunity between these two men and Triple H. You don't even know what she's talking to you! Oh, nah. <laughs> 
November 5th, in Saudi Arabia, I am going to deliver a performance unlike anything you've ever seen before. To every industry I ever do, I'm built at the highest level. Floyd Mayweather could not take me out, and I am not a boxer. That's why I called out the GOAT immediately. This man has had two matches. I've been the champ for over two years. There is no one even close to touching the level that Roman Reigns is on. I'm gonna show you what God mode looks like. What if I land that one lucky shot? It could be as simple as that. Logan Paul hitting one lucky shot to end the near 800 day reign as the undisputed champion here in WWE. Welcome back to the WWE Crown Jewel press conference. Glad you could join us here as part of Riyadh season. Thank you everybody again from the WWE universe for being in attendance here tonight. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this man has been, well, nothing short of perfect for the past two plus years here in WWE. I would like to welcome the man. Ladies and gentlemen,
kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Acknowledge me. And ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, introducing the challenger and the man who hopes to shock the world tomorrow night. Please welcome social media superstar, businessman extraordinaire, boxer, and professional wrestler, Logan Paul! I'd like to start with uh, the champion Roman Reigns and Roman I'd like to get your remarks on tomorrow night because there's been a lot of whispers going around about whether or not Logan Paul can do the unthinkable and that shocked the world by ending your streak tomorrow night at Crown Jewel. I got no clue what you just said Cole. tell you right now, Michael Cole ain't feeling oozy. And Logan Paul ain't gonna be feeling oozy tomorrow either. So this is what we're gonna do right now. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to thank me now. to thank me, Roman. <laughs> Your boy just made you relevant in the Middle East. Let's hear it for Saudi Arabia, baby! <laughs> uh, let's, let's chill out real quick. I've been entertaining Saudi Arabia while you were making those terrible little YouTube vlogs. Okay? I'm gonna give you one more opportunity to thank me right now because I'm gonna teach you something, some invaluable lessons you're gonna to learn tomorrow. So go ahead and take this opportunity to acknowledge and thank your tribal chief. Here is your validation, Roman Reigns. 
the validation you need so badly the validation that's why you say acknowledge me every time everywhere you go we've heard it thank you tribal chief thank you I got this. The man can't talk when he doesn't have Paul Heyman speaking for him, so <laughs> I'll take it from here. Ellen and the head comes Saudi. Oh my God, what a dream come true. Beautiful country, beautiful people, beautiful faces. I am so humbled that the WWE has chosen me to dethrone Roman Reigns in my third professional wrestling match. Prime's coming to Saudi Arabia, don't worry. That's what I like to hear. Honestly guys, when I look out in the crowd, I, I am so inspired, I am so inspired. And my true goal with all this is to inspire people all around the world to do whatever they want. You gotta understand, I'm a kid from Ohio. I am a kid from Ohio in the Middle East entertaining fans across the globe. I like the KSI chant, let's go! Look, 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 y'all. You saw me beat the Mysterios at WrestleMania. You saw me beat the Miz at SummerSlam. And tomorrow, you're gonna see me beat Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. When an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. I gotta give it to you, Roman. You've done good. You've done really good. But all good things must come to an end. And all it takes is one lucky punch. Which you may have seen me hit your cousin with less than two weeks ago. I've never seen a man drop so quickly in my life, Jay Uso. <laughs> oh my goodness. Not having a chin must run in the family. But watch out, Roman Reigns, because I'm coming for that one lucky punch. And yes, I will acknowledge you. You are great. You are the tribal chief. You are the face of the WWE for now. But as smart as you are, and as great as you are, I think there's one thing that you forgot about me. The tribal chief ain't the only one with a bloodline. And with that being said, Logan, I think you've learned your lesson over the past couple of weeks about going it alone against the bloodline. Um, from what I understand, uh, you may have a little bit of backup here in Saudi Arabia. Backup is an understatement. I brought with me a man who has the power of God in his right hand. I brought with me a man who represents the power of an entire army. Ladies and gentlemen, my brother, the undefeated professional boxer, 6-0 knockout artist, Jake Paul. How you feeling, JP? Masalama Lincoln, Saudi Arabia! Let's go! My brother's about to get this W tomorrow, inshallah!
Inshallah, my brother will do the unthinkable and beat Roman Reigns. Just like they said I wouldn't beat Anderson Silva. And guess what, Paul Heyman? You said it first. Remember when you lied to the WWE fans and said that Anderson would knock me out? Well, guess what, buddy? I exterminated these. I exterminated the spider, and that's what my brother's gonna do tomorrow against Roman Reigns. Nice surprise. Congratulations. Just a smart the two of you up since obviously no one did that for the two of you. As children, the tribal chief could smash the two of you right here, right now, do it, do it, on this day. We're businessmen, which means he'll do it tomorrow when he gets paid to do it. But, just in the interest of a nice little photo op, ladies and gentlemen and Paul brothers alike, the tribal chief gives you the bloodline. tonight, you don't deserve Sammy. In just a little more than 24 hours in our main event, Logan Paul, with his brother Jake in his corner, will try to pull the biggest upset in history when he takes on Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. It is all part of WWE Crown Jewel. We would like to thank everyone for attending here tonight and watching around the world. Don't miss Crown Jewel tomorrow and Shahid in the Middle East. 
Peacock in the United States and WWE Network around the world. I can't wait to be a part of it. I can't wait to see you tomorrow night at WWE Crown Jewel. Well, that was an amazing press conference to check out. And I must say, uh, well, uh, you know, the, the, um, you heard it on the wrestling news. You heard it on a lot of stuff uh, that uh, uh, we weren't sure what was going to take place with the whole thing with the press conference. Uh, Logan Paul and Jake Paul had shown up. Jake Paul's going to be over at the press conference. He's going to be, well, he's, he was there at the press conference, but he's going to be there for the match with Roman Reigns taking on... Logan Paul for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match. It's going to be incredible. Cannot wait to check out Saudi Arabia tomorrow night. Now, if this episode's being released tonight, I'm sorry. Uh, I just had to add a lot of stuff to it before we get to it now. Uh, and just to go ahead and reiterate, let's go ahead and get whatever we need to get out of the way as soon as possible. Let me see if I can get right into my notes here. Before we begin, shall we, just to look into what is going to take place at Crown Jewel. Let's see if we have it here. It was here somewhere. Where'd it go? Yes, there it is. Okay. All right, so let's get into all the matches that are going to take place at Crown Jewel. There are a total of eight matches that are scheduled. Right here, we have a tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, the Tag Team Champions, will be defending their championships against Damage Control of Dakota Kai and Io Sky. They were there at the press conference earlier today, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how this is going to conclude at Crown Jewel. Tag Team Match for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. The Usos of Jimmy and Jay Uso will be defending their tag team titles against the Brawling Brutes of Ridge Holland and butch should be incredible check out there last woman standing match for the wwe raw women's championship bianca belair to take on bailey this should be interesting right here a battle among men now mvp is not going to be there there's going to be a, a bit of an obvious reason as to why uh if you tune into smackdown i think you'll find out uh braun Strowman will take on omas okay steel cage match drew mcintyre to take on karrion cross with scarlet right there you know i'm surprised they didn't have brock lesnar and bobby lashley at the press conference because i really wanted to see that but I guess they got to save that for another time. You know what I'm saying? But nonetheless, Brock Lesnar will take on Bobby Lashley. It's going to be the battle of the MMA fighters. It's basically Bellator versus UFC inside a WWE ring. It's going to be incredible. Two former champions competing. It's going to be incredible to watch. Also, a six-man tag team matchup. It's going to be the members of the OC taking on the members of the Judgment Day with Rhea Ripley in their corner and... There is a hot rumor going around that there is a counter for Rhea Ripley 
And I'm not going to mention any names, but it could be somebody that we have not seen in WWE in a long time and could be somebody related to Keith Lee. Let's just get that out of the way then. <laughs> and of course, we've got the final matchup, the singles match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns with the members of the Bloodline and Paul Heyman. Going up against Logan Paul with his brother Jake Paul in his side. Jake Paul, who had defeated Anderson Silva just last weekend, now gets a chance to see his brother defeat Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship in Saudi Arabia tomorrow night. But we will see what happens. Oh, my God, this is going to be incredible to watch. Uh, so from here on out, that's going to do it for this edition of this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed it. If it's been too long, I apologize, but we're getting this all out of the way as soon as possible. So with that being said, as always, follow the Main Event on Twitter, twitter.com slash at Main Event Player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at Main Event Player. Follow the main event on his main event talk Facebook page at facebook.com slash at real main event talk 2.0 for all the latest info and all the latest news going on in the world of professional wrestling. You will find out the results of everything that took place over at Crown Jewel tomorrow night. Everything will be brought up and everything. It should be incredible to check out. And if you want to be my friend on Facebook, as I always say, proceed at your own fucking risk and don't forget uh, uh and i think i talked about the but sorry i'm just getting all this out of the way as soon as possible we talked about this earlier and uh we're going to talk about it a little bit more next week on the main event talk podcast several big events are going to be happening including the nwa hard times event aew's full gear coming impact wrestling's overdrive is going to take place as well big events are going to be happening over at richard's billiards including emo night and zombie king those are the events that are going to be happening and they're there's going to be a few more events coming in, Nove coming in November, so we got to get ready for that. So uh, I'm almost out of time. We're going to go ahead and end this right now. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, before I go ahead and go, November 9th, guys, Wednesday is going to be the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob between Brett the Hitman Hart and Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels that took place over in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, the site of the 1997 Survivor Series. You will hear from the main event, and you will also hear from everyone involved, including Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Brett the Hitman Hart, Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, um, Bruce Pritchard, Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette was even involved in the whole... Festivities as well. You'll know about all that and much, much more. And plus, a little bit of a sneak preview of something that happened over in, I believe it was also besides the 25th anniversary of the screw job, there was also the release of the documentary Hitman, I believe it was called Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows. You can actually see that on Tubi. So I want to go ahead and plug that in for you guys and everything else like that. So, guys, we are out of time. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week on another great episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Don't forget to check out Crown Jewel later on tomorrow night. It's going to be one hell of an event over in Saudi Arabia. Cannot wait for that. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. For the tribal chief, we all must acknowledge him. But for Logan Paul, all he needs is one lucky shot. 
what is going to happen this Saturday night at WWE's Crown Jewel.